commercials, no subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison, and no time like the present to bring back our old friend Adam Davies to the program. It's crazy. Before I started the show tonight, I was thinking to myself, Jesus, I feel like I just got off the phone with Micah. This is These shows are coming fast and furious, but here we are with another edition of the program, and uh, I'm excited about this one because um, uh, I was thinking about it, you know. We're sort of revisiting a lot of our favorite guests and and uh, our, our old friends from the show uh, who've been on the show over the years and has tried dug it up here today. Uh, first time we ever talked to Adam Davies was uh, November 9th, 2008. So we used to tape the shows a little bit ahead of time back then, so it was probably like September or something like that. But so, essentially since, mm-hmm. the, since the fall of 2008, almost a decade, we've been talking to Adam Davies about his adventures. And as I was telling him, we, I had the chance to meet him, we'll talk more about this later at the end of the show, but uh, I had the chance, finally had the chance to meet Adam and get some drinks and a fine meal uh, while I was out in San Diego in April, and it was like, uh, you know, if you, you, some of these guests we have on the show, if you just pull out their episodes, they're kind of like their own awesome story, you know, like the Stan Friedman episodes or the ones we did with Greg Bishop. And Adam is is one of those guys as well. It's like this program has followed his evolution in this field and as a researcher and as an explorer uh, almost for a decade now. And it seems mm-hmm. – and, and, I'm, and I'm sure Adam can agree it's gotten crazier in a way. Uh, the more and more – it's gotten crazier in the sense that uh, – you know, more and more strange stuff has happened to him over the years. So it's like he—he he was sort of like—he uh, was sort of like bright-eyed. He'd already been through a lot of crazy stuff, but it was like, if only he knew back in the fall of 2008 that uh, it was going to get even crazier. But uh, here we are today, almost a decade later, and uh, welcome back to the show, Adam. It's been a joy to have you on the program all these years, and for our final season, it's great to have you uh, on to sort of put a bow on all this with uh, with another update on what you've been up to. Yeah, Tim, and it's a real pleasure um, to be on the show. And it feels, yeah, 10 years, of nearly 10 years of talking to you. I wish the show wasn't ending, but then, you know, a lot of people do, and I'm with them. I'm sorry it's ending, but it's it's great to be on it tonight. Oh, thanks, man. Well, I'll be doing something else down the line, I'm sure. Uh, Good. You know, Good. Re- reinventing the uh, the program. So it's not like this isn't the last time we're going to talk or anything like that. Good. It's just I'm tired of doing sort of this season 9, season 10, you know, it's... 
I have yeah, like I a it. I have like a weird OCD thing where if I did a season eleven, I'd feel compelled to go all the way to like season fifteen or season twenty, and it's like I don't know if I can commit to another decade. <laughs> decade of doing the same thing. So it's like, I get it. I get it. Put a bow on it with season ten, and then see what happens next. But uh, I wanted to start tonight. This is completely unexpected and something we didn't really obviously know we were going to be talking about. But the, you know. I, I know you're safely ensconced in San Diego now, but I know you mm-hmm. you are a Manchester man. You grew up in Manchester, I think, or at least you lived in Manchester for a very, very long time. When I first met you, you were living in Manchester until you came to uh, San Diego. And I'm sure the just horrifying events last night, uh, you know, hit home for you. I hope that, you know, you didn't know anybody who was affected by that. And, and I'm sure, like, that even though you're in San Diego now, your heart, uh, you know, hurts. uh over over what happened last night, the tragic uh, bombing at the Ariana Grande concert in Manchester, England, we're talking about for folks who maybe listen to this like in months or years from now. Yeah, it, it was well. I, you you're right in the sense that yes, I'm from Manchester. I mean, half, my ancestry is half Welsh, half English, um, but I was born in Manchester. I'm from Manchester, and although I've travelled all over the world, as you know, I've lived in Manchester all my life. And yeah, it was it was it was very worrying actually because I got back and looked at the news, and uh, I saw that there had been a bombing in Manchester. And I have a, a daughter who's um, quite 13, and she still lives in Manchester with her mother. And she was interested in going to this concert. Um, and so my first thought was, you know, um, we just mentioned it very casually. We hadn't actually we hadn't had a long conversation about it, because why would we? Yeah. But she mentioned in passing that she might go to this thing, and I was like, oh, great, well, you know, and, and, and that was it. But then... The, 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 the night I was I was very worried in case she had gone. And of course there's an eight hour time difference between San Diego and the UK, so when I tried to phone up I couldn't get through to anyone and it was and it was very unpleasant. Anyway, my sister managed to get hold of her and finally at six o'clock this morning um I found out that she hadn't gone. Um her friends a couple of her friends had gone but they were okay. They had actually been at the concert. Because um my understanding is right now that the um bomb um, the scumbag who set off the bomb had, had set it off in the foyer as people were leaving, and I don't think they got to that stage yet, so they were lucky. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 um, it's horrendous. Um, but the, the the best way to deal with these people is to um, make sure that they're obliterated. Um, so uh, I hope that um, anybody who associates with this individual is obliterated, because <clears throat> I can tell you that there won't be virgins waiting for him uh, in. Uh, when he's dead, yeah. as, he, as he thinks, so he'll have a special place in hell, just like anybody else who's involved. In it, yeah, imagine. exactly. Well, yeah, they need to find these people that are behind this, and you know. Mm-hmm. So, so, so it's been a long, it's been a long day and a long night, but um, you know, my, 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 I can't tell you how much my sympathies are with my, with my home city, um, but uh, I can, I, I, I can, I am assured that that the resolve will be to. Um, capture those people responsible and I have no doubt yeah. that um, if he has any associates um, they'll get what's coming to him yeah I think they already got like one guy in custody but who knows you know you never <laughs> no, they're know, good so. yeah literally uh, I come, I came back worked out and um, I've come on the show so I'll probably catch up with it again after after tonight once I knew my daughter was okay I sort of relaxed off it a bit and I'll pick it up later on yeah yeah um, but, but yeah it's very it's very it's very unpleasant 
Yeah. Well, I don't know what kind of people you're friends with on Facebook, but good luck. Because sometimes you get these people they come across the Facebook wire, you know, and it's like they they don't believe anything. They don't believe anything, and they're already. Oh, like, you know what? Like, you, oh, man, you know, you, kids died. There was man. there was one. Fucking, I haven't yeah, got a lot of time for this. Yeah. I haven't got a lot of time for arguing with people on Facebook. It's like the equivalent of the weekly world news of journalism. You know what I mean? I don't <laughs> yeah, be, yeah. Just can't be bothered with it. But there, there was one guy last night who who irritated me a bit. Every now and again, someone will irritate me. I'm not beyond it, but 99% of the time I am. It's just every now and again. And it was because I was worrying about my daughter, and this guy had put up a thing going, there's a false flag and all this. Lot. And I knew from people in Manchester who'd been around the area who'd heard it. There was no false flag. I was like, oh, you bellend, you know, just freaking analyze it. Yeah. People can be too paranoid sometimes. And, 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 and that's, you know, when you're in this field, it's, it's kind of a, a tangential point that, um, but that sort of thing um, just turns a lot of people off and say, oh, you know, look at the crazies over there. Because you get idiots like that who'll say, oh, it's a false flag. Well, you know, the, there are explosions all over the place, you know, and there are lots of people in hospital. It's very easy to look that up. And if yeah. you're making those sort of assertions, you better have very good evidence because um, otherwise um, you just make, you just look paranoid and weird. Exactly. It's funny how, like, the people that believe the craziest things sometimes can't believe the most real things. It's like... Absolutely, yeah. Disconnect. It's so weird. It is very strange, and I, and I can't really fathom it. So I kind of think, well, you scientists, you put on line with a lot of this stuff. But you'll find me um, throughout this interview saying I don't, have, I don't have all the answers, which is, you know, one of the things I want to get across in a contrast to people who often say they've got answers for everything. Well, you know, it's funny. I was we were kind of talking about that with Micah Hanks last week. It's like, uh, that's why I like the guests that I have had on the show, you know, over the years. Because my guests are, the guests that I have, they're not afraid to be like, I don't know what this means, or I don't know the answer yeah. to this, you know. It's like, that's I'd rather talk to somebody like that than somebody who's who like steadfastly insists they know all the answers. So yeah, because nobody knows all the answers because we're learning all the time, and it's bullshit to say that they have the truth, the hidden knowledge, the special gift that, that other people don't have. Right. I'm just not interested in that, that those sort of assertions at all. <laughs> yeah. Now, since we, we we last had you on the show was the uh, I like to say the now infamous. And and mm-hmm. we'll we'll kind of get into like what what the fuck we should be calling this thing. But I I stuck to calling it the Bigfoot portal, almost to thumb my nose at at, at the people who had a fit about it when we first did the show. One um, hmm. easily one of the most controversial and infamous, and as I said uh, on the description here, riveting uh, conversations we've ever had with uh, you and John Carlson about hmm. your, uh, for lack of a better term, Bigfoot portal experience. And mm. looking back, that was October 2015 when we did the show. I think you said it was like mm. in the previous spring, maybe. Was that when you had had? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so October. Yeah, yeah. It was in the, it was, it was the, I think it was the June, the the year before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like, yeah. So so it's been like what a couple of years since you had this experience or thereabouts, and mm. uh, and it was just funny because I remember when we put the episode out, it was just crazy. I I heard like the Bigfoot community was crazy, but this was like. The reaction was so vehement and insane, and was like, I mean, I know you pretty well, dude. I don't think you made up the fucking story, and it was just yeah. so captivating to see these people who like lost their fucking shit over this story. They like, there was a person who I had on the show a couple times, who um, we talked about this off the air, who just completely like went off the rails and misinterpreted everything, probably 
due to me calling it the Bigfoot portal, when it mm-hmm. wasn't a Bigfoot portal. It was just some portal. No, it's nothing to do with Bigfoot. No, nothing to do right, with exactly. In a way, it was kind of, and I keep using the the thing in a way to kind of test. It's kind of like a test in a way on my end to like hmm. test to see if people know what the fuck they're talking about in a sense. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Because if someone comes back and they're like, oh, you had him on talking about a Bigfoot portal again, then it's like, okay, so you didn't listen to the show. You know, because there's no Bigfoot involved here in the in the Bigfoot portal. There's no Bigfoot in the story yeah. whatsoever. Right. No. I just sort of use the term because that was what happened. This person started hmm. writing a blog, wrote a blog post that was like, Fucking people talking about Bigfoot portals. They don't know what they're talking about. Well, that so. person, that, that, that person, I, you know, she hadn't even read. She hadn't even listened to the show. That's what I mean. Yeah. It. She hadn't even dis- she hadn't even listened to what you said. But 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 you know, I think I think that's a classic example of somebody who's using who's doing bad, qualifying themselves as bad research. Mm. So they hadn't even listened to it, and already they formed an opinion. And it's very important that you you can have you can have ideas before you go into it to listen to something. But you need to understand what the, what the, what people are saying first before you um, shoot off. I think. Right. Exactly. Mm. And and even even better. I think the, the the post had gone up. I think before we even posted the show. So it's yeah, like, absolutely. If, if you're going to be that close-minded, and for the people who follow along on this program, this is the same person who said uh, fake news began with APRO newsletters. So we're we're dealing with a real uh, critical thinker here. Um, well, yeah. So uh, it's kind of a shame. It is <laughs> shame for that person. Yeah, it's a shame for that person. So I mean, um, we did a whole show on that. So it's like mm-hmm. I don't want to revisit the whole thing. I mean, the 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 gist of for people who haven't tuned into that episode, I highly recommend you just stop right now and go listen to it because we're not going to be able to do the experience justice on this revisiting. No. But I think uh, just the thumbnail version. Do you want me to give a thumbnail version? Yeah, give a thumbnail. Give us like, you know. I'll give a thumbnail version and then I can move on on, uh, to to what I did after that. So essentially, I was doing some research. I was interested in doing research in three different places with completely different methodology and different characters. And I was interested in that because, you know, I hadn't done a lot of research into the Bigfoot phenomenon at the time. Um, But I was interested in doing some and I originally had some interest in it when I'd done some research in the Cascades in 2012 um, and, and because of what had happened there I was thinking well may, there might be some substance to this whole Bigfoot thing because I certainly have some interesting results in the Cascades so I had um, three I went to three different places I went to um, the Olympic Project um, in Washington and I had some good adventures there and uh, you know people got recordings I think Shane Corson got a recording at the time which sounded like um, uh, a Sasquatch, difficult to prove, but certainly sounded like one. And it was great, I had a good time. Then, I, you know, and I, and I had, you know, I was whooping at this thing and it was whooping back, all great fun. Then I, I, and I was planning on going to Matthew Johnson's and after that to Justin Smeher and Barcatino. Justin Smeher claimed to have shot a Bigfoot. And there were different people, different methodologies. Um, and I was interested in just investigating those. And I took my buddy, John Carlson, who had... Um, he was essentially my friend, more interested in, 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 in interested in esoteric stuff generally, but not particularly in, in the whole Bigfoot thing. It was just something, he just coming along to see me and we were hanging out. First of all, we went to the Olympic projects, as I said, and then we went over to see Matthew Johnson at his site. He claimed to be well, a habituator um, and, and had a special relationship with Bigfoot. Um, um, 
to cut a long story short, what was what was very very difficult about the whole thing was three nights in, uh, John and I were we were just smoking these we were smoking cigars. John had bought these cigars over from New Jersey. And we were smoking those at the back of this um, this spherical area, <coughs> um, for want of a better word, which is which is the area where um, Matthew Johnson likes people to operate inside. Uh, when he's doing the, he says he's he's getting the big foot. And he was playing this music and it was pretty cheesy and we were joking around me and John and then he was it was it was getting very very late because we were up pretty late ta- talking away and um, I saw what looked like a, a a straight white line a straight light across the the road and um, and it didn't seem like natural daylight so I said. Um, to John, what's that? And he said, I have no idea. And then um, the thing started crackling. There was there was a crackling and there was a mist and there was, I don't know, different different colour crackling. And then these two things popped out of, um, of this crackling mist. And I was like, oh, shit, what are they? Yeah. And they hung around. They didn't do very much for a while. Um, and then they were small and they were dark. And they had bright, um, pointed, red-pointed eyes. And um, they just hung around at first, and we were watching them, and they were watching us. We showed Johnson them very briefly, and um, that was it, really. That was the extent of his involvement. What did he um, say? I'm he, trying to remember. What did he say when? Well, well he said, basically, he said at the time, um, he, he, he said he didn't know what they were. He'd never seen anything like that before. Um, and then he went off to bed. Um, and which was strange. And then we stayed up looking at these things, and I said, well, you know, I'm not going to sleep with those friggin' things hanging around. <laughs> I've never seen anything like them. And um, John said, yeah, shouted down the pathway, because they were, I think they were, I can't remember exactly now, but they were about 150 yards away from what I can remember, down the pathway, they, but they weren't moving. They were just like, well, just like waiting. And they, and they were in this strange sort of orangey, raggedy glow. They're the weirdest shit I've ever seen. I've seen some strange stuff, but I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. But at that point, although um, although I was disturbed, I wasn't worried per se. I was just like a bit freaked out because I'd seen them, but I wasn't worried because they were down the path. They weren't threatening. But when John shouted, what are you going to do if we don't go to bed? the two freaking things came rushing at us. And that was a terrible, that was, it, it sounds ridiculous, but it was one of the worst moments of my life because these things come charging towards us and I could look at this damn thing's face and I could see the hate on its face, like proper hate. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, like, you know, like when someone's in a rage, it was like that. And I thought, well, how the fuck am I going to fight this thing? How, what yeah, am I going to yeah. do here? I'm going to, I'm going to get ready to kick it in the head or whatever else. And I shone a light to get a better look at the thing. But my, I, my last thought before I did that really was, well, shit, this is going to be how I, it's going to end. I'm going to die in these frigging woods. No one's going to ever guess how how it happened. Right, right. Just you know, and, and me and John are going to be dead. Yeah, and that's it. You know, nothing, and that, no one's going to know. Yeah. And when I, <clears throat> I shone the light. The bloody things disappeared, yeah? Wow. Um, and then nothing happened. It looked like they just were not there. And then a few minutes later, this thing started crackling again. And uh, the two little bastards popped up, up again, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I mentioned it to Johnson, and Johnson went running down the path with his forty-five, going, "You're not welcome here." <laughs> and then he went back, and then he went back to bed. Um, and you know, this carried on basically for two nights. In the day, there was nothing, uh, and John and I were, were there. And every time, for some reason, we shone a light, the thing disappeared. But um, it was like th- there was a lot of energy. It was like a crackling before yeah. um, they pop out, and then they pop out. And it took about four minutes on average for them to pop out. But one time it was really quick, like they were rushing to do it. Um, and it carried on for two nights, and it was the strangest, weirdest thing that, that, that has ever happened to me. How did it you know, I thought down on these nights? Did they just eventually the light went it away? Just, it, the moment it got to daylight, yeah. which was, you know, five-ish, um, it was like it felt different. And it and it and it, it seems strange because it felt it felt very malevolent. So when it was happening, it felt very malevolent, and the play, and they felt very malevolent. But when it got to daylight, it was like nothing had ever happened. Yeah. Boom, you know, it was totally strange. And it happened the first night, and I was so confounded by it. I, it, it, it was sorry, I should say it was three nights in that this happened, and we were staying for four. Um, the third night it happened, I was so confounded by it. I went. I, went, I thought I've got to stay for another, the other night and see if it actually happens because I was struggling to believe it myself and it happened again <clears throat> on the second night Yeah. and so but basically what happened next was we um, were struggling to, to really understand that and um, you know <clears throat> Johnson at first I think he was quite perturbed about it but then he says oh well you know I've had a, I've had a, a message from my Bigfoot Guardian or something, Zorf or whatever he was called. I can't remember. And he said, and he said, um, they're guardians of the portal or some shit like that. And I was like, well, they're not guardians of anything. I said, they freaking well attacked me and John. Yeah, you got to give me this. They were not guardians. I said, you're just saying that because it it fits the narrative that you want. This is a lovely old place, you know. Right, right. And anyway, so we had that discussion. I said, look, I don't want to talk about it. And there were several good reasons that we didn't want to talk about it. <clears throat> um, the first thing was that um, we were quite, John and I were quite disturbed by it. And I think Johnson was at the time. He told his admins he was in his group. Um, since then, he's, he's said something different. But, but, but we, were, we, were, we were disturbed by it hmm. and really disturbed by it. And John and I, ever since then, have spent a lot of time talking about it privately. Um, and, you know, because it was very difficult to process. And um, I also, at the time, and I never realized it then, was working for the British government. Uh, and some of the information I saw, I'm not trying to make out of James Bond, but some of it was required security clearance, you right, know? Right, right, yeah. Uh, and it was not a good career move to be saying, I've seen these damn things, you know, in public. Um, <laughs> and and it, was, it would not have gone down very well, I think. Right. And, and, and I'm not, and thirdly, um, and thirdly as well, um, I wanted to understand this because I recognized that it, to most people it would seem a very bizarre and unusual story. And frankly, I didn't need the shit, Tim. You know? I didn't need a load of people going, oh, I don't believe it, I don't care. Right, what right. benefit is for me to tell this story and just get a load of shit and be called, you know, just crazy. I just not, there was no benefit. I didn't need the attention. Um, there was no merit in, it, in me hearing it. But there were two very good reasons, and one, and, and they were in that order, really. In his book, Johnson says that the reason he went public with it because he was doing me and John a favour, 
being desensitizing it to, to it. But that's bull. I mean, at the end of the day, um, he knew very well that I had a, that, that for him to reveal that would have um, would have risked my job. I told him that, and he still went ahead. And in his book, he doesn't mention that point, of course. Yeah. But, oh, so he put out a um, book that covered this. Yeah, he's put out a book, and in that he says that you know the reason he went public with it was because it was a good idea for me and John because we were we were we were suffering with PTSD, and what we needed was to be opened up, and he was helping us. Oh, what an you know what? That, that that isn't true. I mean, I made it very clear to him that I would talk about it one day, but I wanted to do lots of research and understand it. And and at the time, it could really, really have jeopardised my job. Yeah. And he still went, did he? He stuck on a bandana on his head and went for his Team Squatching USA um, Facebook group meeting or whatever it is, talked about it in public. We didn't know he was going to talk about it. He, um, he never said anything to John and I. And the next day, I'm bombarded with loads of... <laughs> loads of um, Things on Facebook going, well, what's this creature? What are these guardians of the planet? What are you talking about? Guardians <laughs> of anything? Did you know it's, it's complete? It's completely not the truth. Yeah. It wasn't his story to tell. He made but very played a very small part in the whole thing. And you know what irritates me about all of this is that for me and John, that is a very unpleasant, deeply unpleasant, traumatic experience, which he knows. It's very difficult for other people to get it. It's really difficult, even when you're explaining it to partners or really close friends. I, I the first time I, I actually told the account of what happened to me, um, I didn't tell it. Um, other than to, to Nadia, I didn't tell it for a long time to um, even family and friends. And when I first told my friends who I've been back home in the pub in Manchester, I've been friendly with for years. I told them that there was just dead silence at the pub. You know, I just tell them, I said, this is what I'm going to tell you. I haven't told anybody. And they were just silent. And my family couldn't process it. My sister got very upset and cried. You know, it wasn't, it was a very unpleasant experience for us. And, it, and, it, and you know, and it was very important that I tried to understand it. It's not friggin' Bigfoot. Do you know what I mean? The idea that exactly. something's got, that's got the technology to actually do these things. Some and there's a, there's a few points I'll make. The idea that something's got the technology, that's got the ability to create this sort of technology, would go into the woods and steal Matthew Johnson's mouldy donuts and, or whatever, take them. It's just beyond contemplation. It's just a ridiculous notion, yeah? Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a hell of a long way to go for somebody's second-hand donuts across the dimensions or world, whatever it is, yeah? <laughs> it's, just, it's just... But these things were real, and... It, and, and and, and it changed my understanding of, 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 of what um, the world might be. They're not Bigfoot in any way. Bigfoot, I think, is a real, let me say this, is a real flesh and blood creature. I think it's very rare. I'm interested in gathering scientific evidence for its existence. This was something completely different, yeah? Some sort of paranormal thing, I don't know what. Now, some people suggest that Johnson has, has maybe hoaxed me and John in some way, yeah? Um, I don't think he hopes me. I don't think he's got the capability to do that, the technology to do that. Uh, and also, you know, it wouldn't have fit with it, fitted with his narrative. Johnson didn't want me to, to go away and John to go away. What Johnson wanted me to do was to go away saying, you know what, that Matthew Johnson, he's got all the answers. He's got the key to Bigfoot, you know, because that would have suited him. He didn't want me to have this horrific encounter. Um, I, don't think he, I don't think he made it up at all. I think he's trying to own it as his own. Um, thing now it has happened 
but it wasn't his inception. It wasn't his idea. It wasn't his. He didn't manipulate me in that way to, to, to create these things. These things were bloody real. Um, they're very strange, but they're nothing to do with Bigfoot. They're some sort of paranormal phenomenon. Now, you can just use paranormal and, it, and be a lazy term in the sense that, oh, if it's paranormal, we can just get away with anything. I'm not interested in doing that. I'm interested in finding answers to it, measuring it and understanding it. And some of what I've done over the last couple of years has been an attempt to understand that. Yeah. All right. That was the thumbnail on that. That covers that pretty much. Yeah, I mean, so you've ruled out because, yeah, I mean, you've ruled out in your mind a hoax because to pull off something like that, he would ha- this guy would have to have, like, I don't even know, a hologram machine or something. Yeah, and it, you know what, if he wanted to, let's just say he had a hologram machine, and I was, I was all over the place looking around. Let's just say the guy had a hologram machine. What's he going to create on a hologram machine? He's going to create some nice Bigfoot things, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Wandering around, yeah. being nice, him, him interacting with them and looking like magic or whatever, because that's what he wants. He wants to be seen as some sort of special gifted teacher who's got the answers to Bigfoot. Yeah, that's what he wants, yeah? He puts himself, oh, I don't really want this position. Yes, he damn well does. He wants to be known like that. Um, so th- the idea of having these things which look nothing like a Bigfoot in anybody's account, and then them attacking us, and they did bloody well attack us. Um, they got very close to, to us. Um, and it's only by fortune that, that they didn't finish us off, I think, or do something unpleasant to us. Um, it wouldn't, it, as I say, it didn't fit his narrative. Right. It's not what... Um, it's not what he wanted to sell to me. He was desperate for me to come away saying he's the greatest Bigfoot researcher in the USA. That's what he wanted me to say. He wanted me to say, oh, he's better than Derek Randall, Bart Catino, anybody else, you know, any of these people who are Bigfoot researchers. He's the man with the answers. That's what he wanted. He didn't want me to come away um, um, with, with, with my friend deeply traumatized. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So having had a couple of years to process this, I mean, you don't have any answers, but have you sort of come to any have you have you sort of like followed any sort of path as far as what you think you experienced in the woods that night or those nights? Well, the the first thing to do is to look at what what science was actually recovered, yeah, which has been lost in all of this and lost over by Johnson. So, the only the only science that I'm aware, I mean, what I was after doing was gathering hair samples. So, um, Johnson lays out these bowls, which he calls gifting bowls, and he says that Bigfoot comes and takes the food from the bowls. Yeah, um, I recovered some hair from those bowls, and um, I got Todd Bissell from the University of New York to test that hair, um, and that hair came back as canid, so dog, most probably, and this is an assumption on my part from his small dog was there, yeah. but it wasn't anything that could have been in any way related to a Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but but the the were what I felt I needed to do was explore this whole phenomenon because it didn't make sense. Because I've seen something which didn't make sense. Um, there is there was definitely things happening there, very strange things at this location which I couldn't explain. Um, and you know, um, I think it was important to to investigate it, and also to consider other avenues of investigation which I wouldn't normally have, have considered in an attempt to understand it. So um, one of the things I did was I visited, I, I thought, you know, I've never been shown an interest in ghosts or 
aliens or anything else like that. So I went to both Roswell and Area 51 or to the edge of it and, 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 invest, and had a look at the alien phenomenon and, and then did some research on that. And we'll come on to it later. And, and I happened to live near the Whaley House, which is the most haunted house allegedly in America. So I got myself a job as a tour guide there. I passed them tests and I work as a tour guide there part of the time and investigated that phenomenon. Yeah. So I thought, well, you know what? I'm prepared to consider all possibilities, things I've never had, had, had other than a campfire interest in before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, and I'll go down the path and investigate them. By the same token, I went back to SOA, um, without Johnson, obviously, on two further occasions, and I conducted some experiments um, to see what would happen. And, and, and some of them, um, I think, you know, you can... One of the things, so, so, and, I, and I took a group, um, so I took um, um, Ed and Kirk Brown, no relation, Russell Accord, Dan Linden, um, and the first account, uh, first thing, and then later on, <coughs> as girlfriend Claudia on the second account, uh, second trip, and we went on, I went on a couple of these, these investigations. Yeah. The reason I like taking um, that group was that I specifically wanted people who, who weren't just what Johnson does is handpick his people. With that group, I was interested in having people who may or may not necessarily agree and have my views. So Russell, for example, is very skeptical about all these sort of things, and he's one of these you have to see it to believe it type of guys. He's a good, he's a friend of mine, a good friend of mine now. <laughs> but 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 then you know, although we'd met and we'd become friends, we we haven't been friends very long. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I wanted people who had different points of view there. And also, we took a load of kit, and there were experiments I wanted to try. So one of the assertions that Johnson makes, for example, is that no animal can, um, you know, if an animal's going to take food from his gifting bowls, as he puts them when he, when he puts out donuts or things like that, then um, it's, it's going to leave crumbs, or, or the bowl's going to be overturned. Yeah. Well, this proved that, because I, I set up trail cameras in, in, in the areas where he left bowls, and we, we, we and it's not something I'd do normally, but for the purposes of this experiment, I mean, it's quite clearly you can see a deer approach them. I've got a, a, a number of shots of the deer approaching, takes the food, the bowl is upturned, it's not upturned, it's left exactly as it was, and there's no crumbs in it. Yeah? And the reason I mention this generally is um, people who are habituate will, will, will say, well, you know what, the food was taken from my bowl, so it must be a Bigfoot. Right. Okay? And the point I'd make to them is, did you, unless you physically saw a Bigfoot take the food from your bowl, you can't make that assumption. What you have to start with, what you have to start with, is what's the most likely thing to have taken the food from the bowl? Yeah. Look at all the other indigenous species which are around there: raccoon, deer, whatever else. And then, then when you've when you've when you've had, if you've had the opportunity to dismiss them from observation or from other evidence, physical or otherwise, then start speculating it might be a Bigfoot, yeah? Right, they, right. They'll start or, with the Bigfoot. How, how about do the work that Adam Davies fucking did and uh, and actually get a, get a game camera and take a picture of whatever's taking the thing from your bowl? So if you want to be the greatest <laughs> Bigfoot researcher of all time, that's a, <laughs> that's a hell of a well, way to do it. it it wasn't difficult, and of course people would say, well, he doesn't, they don't like trail cameras or whatever else, that's a whole other argument. But um, the, the bottom line is, is, unless you physically see it, you can't make that assumption. Exactly. And, and too many of them will jump to the conclusion, because I, um, something took 
food, it must probably my Bigfoot. It's my friend Bobby, you know, the Bobby the Bigfoot. So, <laughs> so that was that was one thing I wanted to do, and we disproved that. The other thing that um, was interesting was to explore this this strange phenomenon, you know. And I was hoping, I was almost not hoping, but I was hoping for a return of these creatures because I thought that would have been quite interesting. But they didn't show up. But there were there was strange phenomenon that people reported, particularly we were using infrared binoculars. And at one stage, um, the, the, the night vision binoculars, sorry, and at one stage, um, we saw, three of us saw, um, an orange glow in the night vision binoculars, which is impossible, because you can only see green and black and white, as you know. You right. can't see a colour, but we were all seeing a, a, an orange glow, which is inexplicable. Um, and by the same token, Russ on the other side saw this white pulsating object, again through his night vision binoculars, on a different occasion. So strange, and then that's just a synopsis of things. So, so you, can, you know, what I found myself doing was disproving the physical evidence, which was related per se to an alleged Bigfoot, but reinforcing the more paranormal aspects yeah. of the thing. Yeah? Um, so... But no poor experience think, those visits. Uh. Yeah, yeah. So what I, you know, my my view, very simply on this whole area, is that you know this is very much an area where there's um, there there's some sort of uh, of paranormal um, thing which which is which is outside as yet our understanding, but it won't stop me. Um, you know, attempting to, 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 to measure and analyze it because that's what it's about, you know. Right. That's what good science is about. So the, I will continue to do that with the best tools I have available. And I'm very interested in, in you know, in, 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 in how that might work out. Not just there, but, you know, he's gone on to make a number of claims um, in his, um, what's it called, the big reveal, where he says, you know, that, that he can... That there's the, the alien shapeshifters, and that there's stuff from uh, um, his friends built a machine that can bring all these aliens over, and he saved them. And I don't know, there's a port, there's this thing that he can travel through time, and all of these things are contradictory. So you know, if they can travel through time, why haven't they, you know? Why you know they've been around since the dinosaurs? Well, why? Well, we were we were like shrews when the dinosaurs were around, you know, right, our ancestors. Right. So why would they be waiting millions of years to do that? Why would they, if they had any technology, any of these things, be going after mouldy donuts and breaded goods? They could get whatever they bloody well wanted, you know. Right, right. And and, and it kind of irritates me, and it irritates I think John, um, in the sense that um, this this. Um, confabulation of, 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 of contradictory ideas because I think he said at one stage there's sons of Cain and now they're aliens or something. <laughs> they, 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 de they sort of denigrate for me um, and for John which something which was a very harrowing and personal account of something that I'm trying to make sense of and will probably continue to try and make sense of for the rest of my life with this ridiculous stories that, 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 that have been concocted around it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, 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 and for me, it's a very unpleasant thing. I never wanted to talk about or would have talked about eventually, but only after a long time. And, you know, I, I, and, and because of that, 
it's been clouded in this other stuff, which I want to make very clear I completely diss myself from. Exactly. What happened to, 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 to me and John? I mean, John, you know, people say, well, what do you think they were? Now, John's very clear that these things, in his mind, um, w- w- were demonic. Now, I'm, I, I say, and again, I don't know what they were, yeah? Right. Um, they were certainly malevolent because they were trying to attack me. But I have no idea what they were or where they were from. Um, and, 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 and that's my position on them. I don't have an answer to what they are. But I'm all right, you know, I don't mind somebody having a different opinion to me necessarily, as I say, with John, because, because well, you know he what? There. Um, yeah. he, he was there. He experienced it. We've discussed it. And, and, and you know, he's treating me very respectfully. Right. Um, I'm fine with that. But in contrast to the other individual who's, who's done completely the opposite. And and come out with this rubbish. Yeah. Now somebody in the chat room wants to know, and I was kind of wondering this too. He says what he wants to know what happened to you after you came out with this experience, which I think like you first talked about it on our show uh, about a year and a half ago, because um, he was concerned you were doing research suicide by speaking out about this. So it sounds like you you've just carried on. It's just more like an annoyance that this that this thing's kind of like. Well, I didn't talk about it for a long time. And then I did eventually because Johnson was going on and on and on about it, and, and I did um, talk about it. Um, and that, but that, and then I've carried on doing other things. And, and so, you know, I want to say right now that my cryptozoological research and the things that I've done, you know, are completely different. I think that um, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, whatever else, is a real flesh and blood creature, but it's got nothing to do with, you know, a creature right now that is probably. Uh, more intelligent than a great ape, but less intelligent than us, for want of a better word, with very limited tool use, very rare, very elusive, quite sharp. But but you know the idea that it's got the, the idea that it's got all these abilities like traveling through portals and psychic and all that, I find very difficult to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's inconsistent with its behaviour, its approach, its technology, its methodology, and I have tracked and like 99.999% of these. Um, re- alleged Bigfoot research and all these other great apes in the wild. I've seen orangutans, gorillas, all of those things, chimps, all of those things. I've seen in the wild and tracked them, you know? So I know what I'm bloody well talking about. Right, right. Um, you know, the... I'm not just knocked a, tr- a, 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 a stick on a tree. Right. Um, right. So, 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 you know, I know what I'm talking about, and it's very, very different. Well, you got an interesting sort of... Uh... Baptism by fire, in a sense, to the American Bigfoot community. Did it sour you sort of on this field, and or did it make you realize, oh, this is why they can't find fucking Bigfoot because this thing, because the field is populated by a lot of like people making outrageous claims and then arguing with each other about things and like not, it's not, you know. So I mean, well, 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 did it change well, your perspective well, well, on on this? I mean, there's a lot of great people in the Bigfoot research field. Don't get me wrong. But, mm-hmm. but I guess the point I'm, there's also a lot of like individuals who, you know, just are chaos agents. So I guess what... Well, yeah, yeah, I, I get your point. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this. I, I, I think, yeah, I think there are, there are a number of really decent people who've been very nice to me. Um, what I don't want to do is waste time arguing with people on Facebook. Um, right, right. You know, as I said to you before, Weekly World News. Um, and nor, will I, nor do I, you know, that, 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 that's not what I'm interested in. Yeah, I, I mean, I've taken some flack, but then, uh, you know, I, I, I move on from that. I'm not really interested in in, in in dealing with a lot of that. Um, 
what I'm interested in is finding scientific evidence uh, of things that I can quantify and prove. Mm. And, and I'm also interested in the mysteries of things. So, you know, I think I think what I'd say is this. I don't have a problem with anybody saying that, you know, even even the wilder things. From my own point of view, you're asking me what I think. If somebody says, you know what, I've got a big foot in my back garden, you know, I'm okay with them saying that, but 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 you know if you're into asking me to be involved, then I want to see some evidence of it, yeah. Right. Um, and if you're making money by publishing the book "My Big Foot in My Back Garden," you know, <laughs> I like um, your southern accent. Then, this is great. Yeah. You got an English guy doing a southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're publishing a book saying that, yeah, then then I want to, I want you know, you should be open to objective scrutiny. Um, yeah, and and the only way you're ever going to get evidence of stuff like this is by is by using scientific methodology. If you're not, if you're if you turn around to me and say, you know what, I'm not interested in any of that. I just want to have my relationship with my Bigfoot. I've called him Bobby. He sits in my back garden. You, you send me a picture of a bush, yeah, and say this is Bobby. Then good luck to you, yeah. Good luck to you, eccentric weirdo. But when when <laughs> When when you say to, when you say to me, you know, I'm going to publish my book, Bobby the Bigfoot in my back garden, and you're taking other people's money, then I'm going to come at you and ask you lots of questions because you're taking money. Exactly. Or if even worse, if you say that Bobby the Bigfoot in my back garden has magical healing powers, then I'm probably going to be pretty shitty with you because I've had a sister that died of cancer, and I'm not I'm not having you fucking around that way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you know. But, but I'm very open about my own prejudice. And I think, you know, when you're doing research and science, you need, to, you need to be aware of your own prejudices. So I'll be much more hostile to somebody who says he's got um, a Bigfoot with magical healing powers because of what's happened to me personally. Right. I'm going to be, I, I'm, you know, I get sent pictures of, of bushes every week with someone saying, oh, there's a Bigfoot in this bush. And I just, I don't care about that. That's harmless. But I do, I just think it's odd. But I do care about it when, when people are publishing books because then they're taking other people's money. So that's my position on it. But at the end of the day, what you have to focus on, for me personally, I'm interested in scientific evidence, yeah? Right. So, um, you know, with Bigfoot um, or Yetis or anything else, I'm going to think, what are the best tools I've got available that I can, I can, I can use to try and get evidence? And what experiments are is they should be objective, measurable, and repeatable. Mm. So that's the that's the process that I'm trying to follow in all of my research, and you know, and, and also to try and get answers to some of the mysteries that that come along. Yeah. Now, in retrospect, having looked at this stuff uh, or having experienced this, have you? Uh, and, and old school Nate asks in the chat room, and I'm going to sort of piggyback onto his question. He want he said uh, he asks. If you're aware of the old tradition of mysterious mists slash fog being associated with openings to other worlds, and I guess my question is to sort of piggyback onto that is like, have you sought out sort of any, um, you know, template or reference points or or any sort of connections between your experience and something that other people have reported, uh, whether it's old traditions like uh, Nate's talking about in the chat room or just uh, mm -hmm. modern paranormal experiences by people. Who uh, you know who have reported them you know in relatively recent years. Well, if we're talking about about those things, those creatures that I saw, then then yes, on one occasion, um, somebody came to me. I'm not going to say who it is, um, 
somebody came to me and recounted a very similar experience that, to me that he'd had in Washington, um, which had caused him not to go into... He was interested in going in the woods, and he hadn't gone into the woods for some five years. Um, but, you know, the thing I... And, he, and he, again, something very similar happened to him. has happened to me um, and John. But, but, but I said to him, you know, I've been all over the world since. Um, I've been out on my own at night um, and in the U.S., and nothing like that's ever happened anywhere else to me, yeah? Yeah. Or even come close. There's not, it's not like, you know, you know, in, 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 all, my, in all my years of research, um, nothing like that has ever happened to me yeah. anywhere else, ever, mm. yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, hopefully, I was able to help him a little bit. I mean, I spoke to him for a while. This is a long conversation I had with him. But hopefully I was able to help reassure him a little bit that it, it's most likely to be an aberration. And if something like that has happened to you, it's very unlikely to happen to you again or anywhere else. But there was only one other, one other person I spoke to who'd had something similar. Um, I've not been able to... Um, when I spoke to Lauren, Lauren Coleman, he talked about um, the fact that they might be put woodies or something, some other little creature mm. which was malevolent in the forest. Um, but I think there were differences between um, what I saw and these um, Pukwudgie-type creatures that he was talking about. Um, so, so um, no, I, I, think, I think it was probably a very very unusual experience. I don't know whether I'll ever get answers to it, Tim. Yeah, um, but, I doubt you um, will. You know, I do yeah, think about, sound negative, but I doubt yeah, you Yeah, I don't think I ever will, but I mean, I do think about it every day, of course, quite a lot. You know, since then I've talked to, to John about it quite a lot. Um, and I don't think I will, you know, but, and I, and I can't say it enough, though, it's completely different from Bigfoot. It's like the difference between, you know, um, a parrot and an albatross. That's why I call it the Bigfoot portal, in a sense, to weed out yeah. the assholes who don't know, who don't. Who yeah, don't. it's completely different, yeah. it's got nothing to do with, with, with Bigfoot in any way. Now watch, um, we'll see on Twitter, someone will be like, oh, he's fucking doing the Bigfoot portal. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, thanks for letting yeah, me know. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and it's totally, totally, totally different. Um, you know, and my cryptozoological research is completely separate, and I don't, I'm, I'm yet to see a demonstrable overlap, overlap between that and, and, and any paranormal stuff. Yeah. Like now, that. do you, having had two years to look back on this, is there anything you wish you had done differently in the moment when the experience was happening? Is there anything you're like, oh, I should have done this instead of that? I mean, because I second-guess like a lot of shit in my life, so I'm wondering. Yeah, I, I think at the time when I, I thought I hadn't taken any photographs. Um, but when I went back over my camera, I did take photographs, but nothing came out on them. So I did have the presence of mind to take a shoot off a couple of photographs, but nothing appeared huh. um, as far as I could see, which was perplexing. Um, you know, again, um, I don't think at the time there's anything I could have done differently because there's nothing that um, I could have done that would have prepared me for that, you know? Right. Um, I, I, there's no way I could have reasonably foreseen him, even in my wildest dreams, <laughs> if something yeah, like yeah. that would would ever, ever have happened. You know, never, ever, ever in a million years could I ever have foreseen anything like that. Um, so, so um, yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, when I went back again, I was able to repeat experiments, which I found interesting, like I told you, about the ones with the bowls. Um, and I was actually reassured in a way that I took other people there 
who um, had no connection, say, with John Carson, and, and I hadn't known that long, and they were able to have weird experiences too, you know? All the people that I went with in different ways all had weird and explicable experiences. Yeah. Um, so that points to me, like, you know, it's not, oh, it's not, like, John, I never thought that Johnson tried to... to um, um, Pull a fast one. Yeah, I don't think he ever did. Um, I, I think he has, you know, I, as I say, I don't agree with his aversion to counts, and I think he, I think some of his notions are delusional. Um, in fact, most of them. But 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 I don't think he's a, I don't think he's tried to hoax us. We just he wouldn't have fitted his narrative. Right, right. Um, um, so, um, you know, um, but it's worth, you know, it's it's led me to to go down other paths to explore other things. As I say, that I would never have previously considered, and that's a good thing, I think, in some ways. If I'm looking for a positive out of it, I suppose it's the 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 the, the thought that I've actually gone on and looked for other things, which has been interesting. Right. So right. you know, uh, it's not. Um, and, and providing I'm keeping grounded in the sense that I'm using scientific methodology, it's it's a good thing. You know, it's not. People say, oh, you know, I, I heard it. Is it is it a bad idea? Is it suicide to do this? No, it's not. It's useful to 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 um, explore other avenues, providing you're when you do them, you're using the right protocols. And you know, I'm very careful to say I'm not special, chosen, gifted, or anything else right. in, in in those respects. And if I'm trying to measure and understand things, I'm using methodology. And if it's limited by the technology we were, we know right now, then I'll you I'll I'll try other things. Yeah. Having met Adam in person, folks, I can attest he is not special. <laughs> no, he's, he's a wonderful guy, and I, 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 this thing is like a blessing and a curse for you. It's like I feel bad that you've had to deal with all this for so long. It's, it's funny. I wonder if like part of the backlash, in a sense, from some of these people is like because you wouldn't confirm their their pre-existing belief because it wasn't a fucking Bigfoot portal, like you know. Well, you know, I, I get, I get, I get hassle I'm sure I get hassle all the time from all sorts of different types of people and I, and I, and I pretty much ignore it I'm not really interested yeah. I'm not standing for the big port party I'm not trying to be elected I'm not, I'm not it's not a popularity contest I don't really give a shit what most people think you know? right 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 <laughs> uh, all, all, all I care about is, is, is if I can actually um, find it uh, further my understanding and prove uh, if things um, exist and so, so mainly the whole reason I started off doing these things and was because of the adventure and my own intellectual curiosity, and that's what has taken me all over the world doing these things for, for, for so many years. And I don't, I don't really care if some dickhead slagging me off on Facebook or something else or what, you know. Yeah, exactly. So what? But you know what you I'm know, saying. I, I, I wonder sometimes if the, if the backlash is that is that. Yeah, I can give a shit you know, for the backlash. They can do their worst. Confirming their own ideas that like they. Yeah, yeah. Well, you do get this cognitive dissonance point, you know, and, and I completely understand it when people's beliefs are challenged by things and they don't like to hear it. You know, so people have very set views of what these things might be. And, and if someone comes along and, 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 and challenges that, um, you don't, people don't like that. Right, right. And, and I, 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 but I don't really care. <laughs> and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I just don't. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, it's it's a mess. Now, tell me about – we're going to pivot off of the uh, off of the Bigfoot portal for a little while. I'm Good, sure yeah. Come Funny enough that. <laughs> um, now, there's a the guy in the chat room. He's the guy that called, that told you about his experience. Um, so he he wants to call in, but we I don't know if we're going to be able to do that tonight because uh, no. this is this is a special episode. You know, we're kind of wrapping up the 
the season yeah, will form a year. We don't want to like devote a whole show to someone, you know, give give someone else like a half hour to tell their story. Maybe no. at the end of the show after we wrap it up with Adam. Maybe. Otherwise, I'll 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 circle back in, on this guy and try and get get the uh, info. Yeah. Because I'm sure people will like to hear that story. Um, yeah. But you were on a show. So this was the guy who spoke to me, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's an interesting story. Yeah. Anyway, go on, go on, go on. All right. So, uh, so you were on the Josh uh, Josh Gates show. Yeah. Um, one of the producers. This was. This was. Um, this uh, one of the producers contacted me and said, you know, I, I, I um, you, you've been to Nepal before and looked for the Yeti, and I had. Um, I'd looked for the. Um, I'd done a Monster Quest show. Um, entitled The Abominable Snowman and I'd led an expedition to Nepal and it was a pretty unpleasant um, <laughs> it was pretty dangerous on the mountaintops that we went on uh, you know, that, I nearly slipped off that mountain and died um, and we nearly got caught in an avalanche there were all sorts of adventures that I could tell you about that but um, they said you know, we'd like to do a show um, where would you like to go and when I when I'd done the um, show in Nepal uh, I was a bit disturbed because I you know I was worried about the fact that most of the eyewitness testimonies that I'd heard about were becoming increasingly from older people and they were becoming few and far between yeah there was a lot of times about that the uh, yeah the, the, um, and that, the Yeti was you know, the Yeti was dying out because the people weren't. Yeah, well, well, you know, you know some people, including Jeff Meldrum, had said that. You know, and and I'd been to the west of Nepal, so they said to me, "Well, you know, where do you want to go?" And there were a couple of isolated pockets um, we could have gone to, but I thought, well, you know, I'll try the east. We'll go towards the east. We'll go to the area where there's been a higher population density and take a risk. Yeah. So um, I I sent out a researcher there. Um, in advance of us to go to the east side of the show uh, for the show and, and go there and um, you know it turned out very well um, again in a nutshell uh, I was in an area near a village called Monjo and uh, there had been a lot of and this was an area where on Destination Truth there was a guy called Tule um, on, uh, Josh Gates the show previously in this area for Destination Truth and there was a guy there, a Sherpa, um, on Destination Truth. And he had found a print. So he'd been on the, he'd been, you know, in the, on, on the, on the, on the riverbank there. Yeah. And he'd been doing some trekking. And, and Tooley had found the print. Josh Gates is not a tracker. I think, mean, I think even he would say he's not, he wouldn't be someone who'd find, unlikely to find a print, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but this guy Tooley had, had, had found this print. Anyway. I said, well, let's go to this area again. Now, when they're making this film, they have this big entourage. They had government ministers and people carrying things and everything else. And I said to the producer, I said, for the purposes of this exercise, I want everybody to stay back. I want just myself, Josh Gates, and Tule, the guy who was the other tracker. What I want to do is go to an area not exactly in the same place because there had been an earthquake um, previously, which had caused a rock slide in this area. But to go to a place, you know, farther down the farther down the river, um, because what I was speculating was that in the dry season, um, 
the, the yeti was coming to this particular area to drink from the river, you know, just in the same way as other animals does. It's not rocket science, but something, you know, it's pretty obvious um, from, from tracking animals. So I had all these people stay away, and I had all this entourage stay back, and, and myself and Josh and Tula came, and a couple of the camera crew, and we went, I, you know, very silently tracking, and I found a yeti print right by the river um, in a sort of, in sort of shale, um, and it was it was a good print, you know, and I was very very pleased. Nice. And if I wasn't doing the show, I would have quite happily stayed there looking for the yeti in that particular area, you know. I would have stayed there doing that because, um, you know, set up trail crumbs and all that. But you know, for the purposes of the show for the TV, we had to move on and go and do do other things. But I was pre I was very encouraged by that. And the other thing I was very encouraged by was that in that area we found quite a few eyewitnesses in that sort of eastern Nepal area which were, which were relatively new and they were talking about seeing the same thing essentially um, a large bipedal creature not the same size as, as a Bigfoot a Sasquatch you know right. this was about six feet but with either dark or reddish brown hair walking bipedally but, and, and when it moved they talked a lot about its locomotion how its rapid locomotion how it moved very very quickly and they talked a lot about that um, and so I was very interested in 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 in, in, um, in that and how that works. Hmm. So 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 I was I went to Nepal, um, you know, feeling quite um, perturbed, potentially worried about how um, this would actually work out. And then um, you know after I'd been to Nepal, I was really encouraged by. The fact that there, that there was a, a potentially vibrant population of yetis in Nepal, and which was which was really great news. Um, so I was very pleased by that. I was very pleased at finding the print as well. Yeah, that's great news because, like I said, the, yeah, it was good. It was talk that yeti was, you know, on the outs there because. Yeah, and I was worried. You know, Tim, I was worried about that. I was worried that you know I wouldn't find any evidence, but I took a punt on the east side, and it, and it and it and it sort of paid off really. You know, and that's something I'd definitely go back and look for again. Um, and I when enjoyed did you, doing it. When did you go on this expedition? This was, um, so the, the show was called um, The Hunt for the Yeti. It was a four-parter. I was in the first two parts because I came to San Diego during it because you met Nadia and I came to be with Nadia. Um, and so so, so you know, I did the first two parts and then I went to America and literally, you know, I, I abseiled down, there's a scene in it where I'm abseiling down a rock face and I sort of left at that point and really, <laughs> I was running down the, I ran to Lukla which is the most dangerous airport in the world because I wanted to <laughs> make sure I got back to Kathmandu to get my flight to San Diego and I'm with this government minister and he's got this big woolen jumper and he's puffing and panting and he's going we're going too fast we're going too fast i'm going oh don't worry mate you're good for another you'll be good for another five or ten miles you know oh, <laughs> pushing yeah. his ass to make sure i got i got back to to get this flight you know i really sort of screamed i mean you saw when you're going up when you're going at high, when you're ascending altitude you have to sort of climb high and sleep low so you can only go so far before you have to stop yeah yeah uh, and rest you can't you, you need to get your body to adapt you can't ah, yeah, just yeah. rush up. You can't just rush up. But on the way down, I, I went shit, shit off a shovel because I needed to get back to Kathmandu, you know. So I was, I was, I, I, I pretty much ran a lot of the way back down, or ran half of the way back down from the mountains to make sure I, I got it. 
over half, yeah. And I'm just trying to recall. Yeah, over half the way we were jogging to make sure I got it, I got back. Jesus. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty tough. <laughs> but it was worth it, you know. So when was this date-wise, though? Like when was this? I'm trying to like just sort of place this in the timeline of events. Well, this, like. the, 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 this, this was this was um, April last year. Okay. All right. Exciting stuff. So. Yeah. I still think the more I. I sent you an article the other day. We'll talk about that in a minute. But it's like part of me just hearing about the annoying sort of like aspects of this of this portal story and shit. I part of me is just like Adam. I just wish you just stay with the fucking Orang Pendek, dude. I feel like you're the one who's gonna get it. I feel like you're. And now I sent you this article. Some crew is going. I think like essentially where you. You know, like to go as well in Sumatra. Well, we're going to a slightly different area. Okay. I mean, you know, explain it, that to me. Tell us. To, I guess recount that. I don't, I don't know. I've only very, very briefly skimmed the article. Too, ah, so okay, you probably right. know more than I. I'm no, I'm no expert on that article, but but there's there's a number of of, of projects that's been um, going on in in Sumatra. I mean, one that's been very interesting has been, um, um, you know, uh, there's, there's a trail cam, a sort of camera track project that's been launched by. Um, Jeremy Holden, who associates with with, with Debbie Martin, he's a really good um, cryptozoologist, I think. Mm-hmm. And he, I know for a fact, although you know he's found, I can't really say what he's found. It's not Orang Pendak, but he's found some very interesting um, photographs. I think of, of, of a species that are unknown or or, or very little known to, to science on 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 these trail comes in Sumatra recently. And I mean, what people need to understand, and I was saying this to to my students um, today, is that there are um, there are areas of the world which are not well traversed, and not we don't know everything about them. You know, so I've been to the Congo, as you know, um, to the Kula Swamp, and there's an area the size of Switzerland, which is which is hardly touched by people. Wow. Um, there are, you know, and I've flown over it. I've walked through the Kula Swamps. And I'm sure, you know, in some occasions where I was walking, nobody else had walked before. Yeah. And that's a, those are, that's a bloody big area, you know. And, and, and there are um, vibrant ecosystems. I mean, I think the Sumatran rainforest is more, even more, more vibrant than the Amazon. There are these places um, where there are, there are still the potential, and Papua New Guinea and a couple of other places like that, for um, new animals and new ecosystems and the, 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 the idea of the Orang Pendek, really, you know, and I'll say this again, when people talk about, when, I, when people use the term yeti or jungle yeti, or, people are immediately cynical because they think that there's a certain mythology surrounding it. Right. But if I say all it is really with the Orang Pendek is a bipedal ape, which, 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 you know, we don't know about enough about, which is very, really on the edge of extinction, and we're really hoping to find a few before that happens. And, and, you know, what people need to remember as well is for most of our ancestry, for most of our biological ancestry, over many thousands and millions of years, we have coexisted with other branches of humanity, such as Neanderthal, um, um, the, the Hobbit in Sumatra. No, I'm not going to give a big lesson in a visit whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah but, 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 you know, we, the idea that we are unique as a species right now with no close relatives would be unparalleled in our evolution. Right. Unparalleled. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so, so people need to think about that. And most of the time, all of this stuff is, is, is really scientifically plausible. 
because all you're saying is that in some areas, um, ancestors in, ancestors of ours have st- still remained. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. There's nothing kooky at all about it. It's just a question: is do they do they still exist or not? And if they do, can we get evidence of them before we wipe them out, either intentionally or unintentionally? You know, through either habitat destruction, chemicals, whatever else, or they just die out because right. of because of lack of breeding potential. So, are we going to get hold of, the, of, of any of them before we do? And, and, and that's really um, that's really what I'm interested in trying to do uh, in my cryptozoological research. And, it, and you know, the only way you're going to ever do that is by employing scientific methodology. And I'm not, um, you know, and, and I'm not going to ever say that I'm going to have all the answers. But I just hope to to find some evidence or push push the fold father so that other people can achieve that there's no ego in it for me i don't i don't care about that i'm not after glory i'm after answers to questions always and have been since i was a boy you're listening to banal of america audio Now, the thing I was telling Adam, I was mentioning Adam, is these these two conservationists. I put the link in the uh, in the chat room. Uh, it's from the Guardian. Um, these two conservationists, they're they're going to into Sumatra, in a part of Sumatra where uh, they call it the uh, the secret hidden secret Noah's Ark in Sumatra, hoping to discover a hidden population of orangutans in high altitude forests, and who knows what else. And the article briefly mentions the orang pendex. So. You know, who knows? There's a chance that these guys may uh, may come up with something that, you know, a photo. Yeah, they might be. And good luck to them if they do. Um, uh, but, but, you know, what I'd say is right now I know for a fact that, 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 that um, on trail comes very recently, yeah. um, new species have, or species that have been very rare have just been photographed. So it's, it's very possible, and that's what I want people to understand. Right, exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, I still think that that thing's probably out there. And like you said, it's not really that uh, – I don't think it's really like that super exotic. It's just a bipedal – No, it's not. I mean, I've got a whole bunch – you know, because I did that Orang Pendek project. Um, you know, I helped Cliff Barkman to set it up. I've got a whole bunch of casts here that he sent me, you know, because um, that project carried on for, what, two or three years? Yeah. And he's got tons of these casts from different animals. And I can see the looking at the at the foot foot casts I've got, I can see different animals, different um different foibles, um, which are evident from their locomotion, from the way they walk. Yeah, it's definitely out there. It's just a question if is if we if we um if we get enough evidence before it um goes extinct. That's all it is. Um it's 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 let's hope it let's hope we do. Yeah, and you know, Will I go back there? Hopefully I will at some point. I've got no plans right now. Yeah. But at the moment, I'm kind of enjoying myself doing the Bigfoot stuff. As I'm in America, and I'm married to an American, um, it's quite interesting to do to do the Bigfoot stuff while I'm here. So that's what I've spent, um, since I got back from Nepal and landed in America, I've spent most of my time doing, doing the sort of Bigfoot thing. So yeah. what other places have you gone to look at for the Bigfoot? Because America's a big country. There's a lot of places to look. Yeah. 
it's a big country, and I've only got so much time and money. <laughs> exactly, yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Um, I mean, one of, the, one of the places I went, which, which I mean, obviously I, I went back to Oregon a couple of times, and yeah. we've already talked about that. Um, I went to um, Alabama in December, um, and, I, and, I, and I think that that was um, very, very interesting. Because David Ellis, who works on the Olympic projects, he's kind of their sound man. Yeah. Um, I, I'd originally got I'd originally got contracted by a lady. I get contacted by ladies uh, and men all the time, you know, saying, "Look at my Bigfoot research. Look at my Bigfoot research." Yeah. And most of the time, although I, I'm not I'm polite, um, it doesn't really interest me. Um, but this one did, because I sent. She got some recordings, uh, interesting vocalizations, and I sent them to David Ellis. From the Olympic project, you know who, who I who I respect, who's got a um, a good knowledge of vocalizations, and he said, "Oh, you know what? There's really something potentially quite interesting here." I mean, and when we've looked at other recordings before, he's he's been quick to dismiss them, which is what I want really. I don't want anybody wasting my time. Yeah. Um. So, um. But this one's, you know, he found he couldn't really explain. So, I went to Alabama and did an investigation there, which I enjoyed. You know. Yeah, uh, and again we got more interesting vocalizations, but I wouldn't say I got any 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 good photographic evidence on the trail cameras. But we got again we got more in, interesting vocalizations as well. Hmm. And I, and I've been to a, a couple of these. Com- I've, I've been other. I'll come on to more investigations I've done recently as well. Um, I've been to some of these Bigfoot conferences. So I, I spoke at the Texas one, which was really good fun. Yeah. And at the International Bigfoot Conference in September, I did that as well. And I met some of the characters who I was interested in meeting. For example, Daniel Perez, who runs the Bigfoot Times. I liked him. He was a nice guy. Yeah. So, so, so I met I met um, some of the characters as well. Because um, well, I mean, the individuals are sometimes interesting. But yeah, so the Alabama was a big one. And I've been doing some research locally around my area as well. One of the areas, because I was asked about it, I should I should mention it, is one of the things that interests me. On, on the border here with San Diego, you've got the Atay Mountains, yeah. which are not far away from where I live. I mean, I mean they're only about an hour's drive or thereabouts. Um, and they're on the border with Mexico, and this particular area can be a bit sketchy, Tim, you know, <laughs> for all sorts of reasons, which are pretty obvious. It's a bit of a sketchy area. But it interested me because there's a guy who published a book. His name completely escapes me right now, or a little bit. I think he's called Rocky. I can't remember his surname right now. But um, he had published a book which talked about um, he was in Border Patrol. And and while he was in Border Patrol, he um, had experienced some very strange things in Border Patrol. Um, uh, On one occasion, I'm not, this isn't a verbatim account, this is just from my recollection. He um, He had basically, some of the Border Force people had seen they were pursuing some, I think it was illegal immigrants across the border, and um, some great big creature, six or seven feet, had started chasing them, you know? Yeah. And um, there, there was, there'd been um, other, uh, another account uh, where, again, where a creature had chased them. And I was interested in that. So I've been doing some work in the OT Mountains. I set up a trail camp project in, in the OT Mountains, and I've just got some um, decent... What I hadn't got, although I had trail cams, was was um, the capacity for, for for some decent night vision 
equipment because it's expensive. Do you know, what I mean? it's not like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not. You know, people say, well, you know, should you do this? Should you do that? I say, well, yeah, I would do this and that if I had all the money to do that. The time, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I know it. Yeah, I know what it's like. People, people have a lot of great ideas, but it's like yeah, but they're not prepared to give you the money to fund their great ideas. Right, exactly. Um, they, they just present uh, you with the idea to fund and execute, and it's like, uh, oh. <laughs> and, and, and you know, not all the time, but a lot of the time, I've already thought of their ideas. It's not that I wouldn't welcome new ones, but you know, normally I've thought of it, <laughs> but 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 sometimes I haven't, and I welcome new ideas. But but the 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 the, the bottom line is is um, most of it is my time and my money. Um, so, but I've just got this new night vision equipment, and um, and and so I'm going to do some work on the border. Um, with this, with with night vision equipment, so I can actually see if there's any any potential for these big full like creatures. But I've got to be careful where I go. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to stand near border patrol and do it. Um, yeah. But 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 if if it's in a, an area which isn't um, controversial, let's say, I'll go I'll go there and do and do that and see if I come up with anything. It's always a long shot, and I've been spending some time with. Um, a Native American friend of mine, Marcel, and we've been going out into um, into the, 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 the sort of back country here. Um, <clears throat> I got introduced and invest- did another night investigation with um, an eyewitness um, who said he'd seen a Bigfoot-like creature a few years back um, in an area around um, around the Laguna Mountain areas around here. So um, I've been doing some local investigations here, and uh, I've got something very exciting happening um at weekend actually uh a weekend i've i i'm going off i can't exactly say where i am all i can say all my allow, i'm allowed to say is california i'm going somewhere in california yeah um to meet a native american chap um who claims to a have some bigfoot hair but b to have some direct contact with bigfoot i've got to keep it very very secret we'll see what happens these things are always a long shot um, but that's an, that, that's taken a good few months of negotiation. So that's actually that very interesting. That's happening on Friday. Oh wow! <clears throat> so 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 that's potentially very 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 interesting. And, and, and not, not just that, but I've got a couple of other things in the pipeline um, throughout the year which I'm pretty interested in. So so you know I will go off and do investigations, um, but I have to be hugely interested in them uh, in order to do them because nearly always it's my time and my money I don't have that, m- that much time right now um, so I have to be hugely interested in and you know very respectfully for those people who send me pictures of bushes it's not going to be my time and my money to go and investigate them <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so that's it yeah yeah uh, yeah well it's a, it's a you know I'm glad you're on the trail of the Bigfoot here I, I um I, I don't know what to make of American Bigfoot research. It drives me a little crazy, so it's it's uh, well, it's wild. Stuff. Well, the bottom the bottom line is, is it doesn't matter. I mean, I mean, what 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 um what what don't let it confound you. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Say, oh, absolutely not. Yeah, I I totally agree. <laughs> I just you know I'm a, I'm a social commentator as far as this. Goes, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I get I get you. I get you. But the bottom line is 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 is, is all that really matters. Um, unless you just want a private relationship with your alleged Bobby the Bigfoot, which is fine. Um, but it, it, all that really matters is can you get scientific evidence which is measurable and repeatable? Yeah? Right, right. Um, uh, uh, um, for me, yeah, that's what I'm interested in. 
And I make notes. I'm very open about that. That's what I'm interested in. Quantifiable, measurable, repeatable scientific evidence. <clears throat> and then, you know, I'll leave it to others to, 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 to carry on. I'm a field researcher. That's the limits of what I do. I'm, I'm not a geneticist. Um, and so, you know, I would leave others to, to do that analysis. And, and that's the best I can do. And that's what I, I you know, I've always tried to achieve. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very interested in, in the answers that I might give. And so, you know, like anything in life, I make value judgments about where, where I really want to go. But I've got a couple of things. Um, there's three things I know that I'm doing between now and the end of September, which I'm really looking forward to. So we'll see, nice. you know. The journey keeps going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, since so we're kind of throwing back to some of the other stuff, we did the Orang Pendek. But, uh, what, what's whatever became of uh, Dr. Brian Sykes in this whole? He seemed like he was, you know, really invested in tackling these cryptids, and now uh, I haven't heard anything of or from this guy well, in he, a year. He stopped doing it. I mean, uh, I mean, which is his choice. I mean, he has a topic and he moves on. And goes goes and does something else. So right, right. He's written now books he's on the Romanos, for yeah, example. Now he's off doing yeah, else, yeah. It's, it's not a passion of his. Um, it's something that he had an interest in. You know, in the same way. I mean, what you've got to remember is, for me and you, and some of these other people, these are these are these are passions that that you know that these are things that we're interested in answers to questions, everything else, our lives. For someone like Josh Gates, he's a TV presenter. It's his job. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, right. I'm sure, you know, he couldn't give a shit for the Yeti when he gets home, you know? Whereas <laughs> I'm always thinking, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, what about this? What can we do? Could I go back? Because it's my life. Yeah, it's my passion. Um, for him, it's a job. Brian Sykes, he's a scientist. He applies me- methodology. Um, if he thinks it doesn't work, then um, he moves on and he tries something else. I think the only thing I think about with, with, with Brian Sykes is that, and he did that research with when I when I went with with Laurie Simmons, as you know, on that show. We did that research, and I was quite pleased with the research we did. Obviously, we didn't get the genetic proof of of the existence of a Bigfoot, but uh, you know, he did very much believe that there was a Bigfoot in the area. And then in his book, he turns around and said, "Well, you know, maybe it could have been a tree shaking, and that was the knocking." And I said, "Well, you know," I said to him, "You know very well that it wasn't the tree." And um, it wouldn't explain all the growling behavior which we heard, which both you and I heard, and, and, and all of that. And he said, "Yeah," he said, but uh, but he sort of he backpedaled from that. Yeah. And um, I wish he'd had the guts to not backpedal from that because he did get scientific permit to do Bigfoot research. Now I understand from Craig Craig Walter he said that people had done, I got research before for a camera trap project, but nobody had ever got a scientific permit to do genetic research of that nature. Um, and, he, and he got samples, and we worked with Oregon um, Ministry of Fisheries uh, and Wildlife, Wildlife and Fisheries. And I think it was a big, it was a big interest for those people who say, well, you know what, the government know all about them. They're just conspiring to knock it down. You know, the, the, the Wildlife and Fisheries guys were, were very cooperative, so they weren't hostile at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so um, so I, I think that would that was an important project, and I think you know. I, I would have hoped, I did hope he would have had the guts for his, his, uh, to, to talk about his earlier convictions um, when it came around to publishing his book. But he, he, he retracted from that, um, I think, which was not to his credit. Yeah, yeah, it sounds pretty disappointing because I remember when we talked originally, it was like this guy, he had a crazy-ass experience with you out there. And yeah, he like, did, yeah, he, yeah. If he, if he had, had really... <laughs> 
said something about it and been honest about it and everything, or at least been forthcoming. That's probably the best word. Well, I wouldn't have even mind if he with it. I wouldn't have even minded if he hadn't been forthcoming because you know you could say, in the same token as me with my weird experience, I could say, well, you know, I wasn't forthcoming with it um, because I was worried about my job and, and a number of other things and and, and the advantage. But I think the difference between my experience and his experience is. I was not contradictory. So when I did talk about it, I said exactly what happened. You know? Right, right, exactly. Um, That's what I mean. Um, I, didn't, I didn't change my story um, on my account in any way. I said what happened. And his, story, his account and his experience changed in his, between his book and what happened, I think. So, um, so, so he, he, you know, he had a real opportunity to open, open it up um, wide as, as, as a real a real potential and he didn't do he played it safe <clears throat> so right it's probably his loss though I think. yeah i think so because i mean someday they'll figure this out and he'll go down in history as one of the guys who tried and failed yeah know, he and would he, and he could he could if, he, if he'd been a bit if he pushed it a little bit i'm convinced that he would have got the evidence he needed if he just tried a little bit harder for a little bit longer i know we all say that about the research but i knew what he was on to and i, and I think he would have probably got what he needed with a bit with a bit more pushing. Well, you yeah. almost wonder if, like, and not even in a conspiratorial way, but just sort of like in a human nature way or something, he was like, okay, I've gone as far as I'm comfortable going with this. Like, I could answer this question. You know, I could maybe get to the bottom of this, but I don't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? Or something. Well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, there were some, there were some very amusing experiences. That is, that there's one where... Um, he turns up, and I'm going to meet him in this location. And he's got, again, he's got this bandana. I don't know what it is at the moment. With people wearing bandanas, it seems to be all the rage. But he turns up with this bandana and this big bowie knife strapped to his side. And he says, you know, no, this is how you work my car if there's any problem. And I'm saying, well, I'm not leaving you there. And I'm saying, I'm thinking, this is like some weird episode of Doctor Who, yeah? And as we get nearer to the area, this bloody thing's growling, you know. And, um, and then we, we went up on the, on the um, road at the top, and I'm, there's myself and, and Laurie and him. And this thing's growling and knocking, and he's going, you bloody thing, don't you realize this is your last bloody chance? If I don't get the evidence for you, you're buggered. Yeah, you'll bloody well be extinct, you bastard. <laughs> just railing at it, and it was just hilarious. I was falling about. I mean, this is the world's leading geneticist arguing with a Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it was wonderful, you know. Make, would have made great TV. I wish I could have filmed it because it would make great TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's very weird, and you know. But like I said, I, part of me wonders if he, if he subconsciously, you know, was just kind of like, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to be the. Uh, I've gone maybe you know maybe maybe whatever you guys experienced freaked him out. Maybe it freaked him out. <clears throat> well, when 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 I when I see you in Boston, we can pick up that conversation. Oh, all right. All right, he's teasing inside info, folks. That's good because I like inside info when I'm inside. So. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it's like spill the beans, motherfucker. But if I'm on the inside, inside info is great for me. I'll make sure you're on the inside. Just don't let me forget what I just said. Oh, I won't. I won't. So, what are you talking about coming to Boston at some point? Yeah, um, definitely within the next twelve months or so. I don't know exactly when. It's not um, one of these yeah, three I'd like, things I'd, I'd, planned. Then. But yeah, I'd like to come over to Boston. Um, I'd like to see you. Um, I'd like to go over to that museum of Lauren Commons as well. 
and, and I'd like to go to that Hockenop Swamp as well. I'm interested in that Bridgewater Triangle thing. You should just come so, and stay with me. I'm like right in the middle of all that. Yeah, you said so. So I think that would be great. I'd like to come come do that and have a a couple of adventures with you. I mean, we'll, we'll sort that out at, yeah, at some we'll point. Definitely, we'll we'll sort that out. We'll have a we'll have a couple of um, we'll have a, a couple of adventures and, and do that. So I'd like to do that. Now, are you surprised after all these years that we still don't have any evidence for any, I mean, any of this stuff? I mean, it's funny because if you look though, it's like the cryptozoology, the good cryptozoology people like Lauren, you, me, we. Uh, uh, you know, I put myself in some, some lofty company there, but we 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 can look at the news and we see that that there's reason to have hope still because they are finding all these weird creatures. But it's like they're always just kind of like a little bit different from a regular creature where people don't freak out. You know what I mean? Where it's like they found a different species of deer, or it's like they found a different species of bat. They found this mm-hmm. new thing, and it's like. They keep finding these things. There should be hope that they will find one of the, you know, legendary creatures. But at the same time, it's kind of frustrating because they haven't yet. Um, well, yeah. I mean, and I take your point. It's frustrating. But, of course, um, you know, we are looking for all these new creatures. And, 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 and new species are found all the time, as you've just alluded to. And sometimes very large species. Uh, and I'm not going to do a big list. You know about them, and you see yeah. them all the time. So the question is, is, is any of them, uh, for want of a better word, the more glamorous species, um, you know, the more glamorous cryptids, going to ever be found? Well, we don't know, do we? I mean, we, we, we'd really hope. I would, I would, I would love. You know, what, what you, when you say glamorous, essentially you're, you're talking about bipedal things or lake monsters. Right. Because um, right. I spent some time at Lake Hodgey where, down here where there's another lake monster. Um, so, 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 so that was the other piece of cryptid research I did recently. But so, so there are these things. I mean, I can't say for definite. I, I'd, I'd say, you know, I'd hope so. And I think that's the only thing you can really do. Yeah. I, I'm very, as I said to you before, I'm very suspicious of people who think they have solid answers and know it all oh, and God, know yeah. the truth. I mean, you, you, you would hope so. I mean, it's always been my firm belief since I was a teenager that in very remote parts of the world it's inherently plausible and indeed and or likely that pockets of distant relatives of ours um, coexist or have coexisted until extremely recently um, and that's what I've been seeking to find evidence of Yeah, I would just hope that one day we stumble across one I mean you saw with Brian Sykes' research what you did see with Brian Sykes' research is that you saw Zana um um, I, I made a film called The Last Living Neanderthal, which was originally called Russian Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And in that film, um, the, the anthropologist community there were, were very skeptical about um, Zana and her son Quit having any um, anything unusual about their about their their genetics or lineage in any way. Now, recently in Brian Sykes' book, one thing he did do was a re-examination of the skull of Quit and came to the conclusion that some of his genetics um, marked and indicated an earlier lineage out of, out of Africa, a, a previous migration, which is remarkable. Um, because what you're saying, and I, and I think, you know, what you have seen in 20 years in our under, scientific understanding is, 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 is much more understanding of our own heritage 
much more understanding genetically of other species and much more understanding of um, our human lineage in some ways. Yeah. So, for example, um, it used to be thought that there was no way that Neanderthal man could have had any sexual interrelations with us. Or if they did, there was no genetic offspring. And now it's very clear um, that there is um, Neanderthal DNA in, in most of us of European descent to a greater or lesser degree, up to 3%. So, you know, some of the answers may come from us as well. Yeah. Um, with our own improved scientific understanding of, of, of really our own makeup. And, and, and I think, you know, um, as science advances and genetics advances, I think we, we may have a few shocks about where we're from and our origins, possibly. Uh, but, you know, I would love I would love a cryptozoological discovery of that nature. Absolutely, Tim. It's, it's what I've worked for. That's but, what we all um, want, man. I, I, yeah, yeah, we all. Yeah, I don't want it to be. I don't want it to be something that consumes me. So, so it makes my life unpleasant. No, it is a passion, exactly. but I don't want it to gnaw away at me, um, like it has other people in the past. And I think that's important that I don't let that happen. Yeah, you got to be careful with that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, look at me. I'm gonna move on. I'll move on from Bigfoot and all this to next week's show with Marie Jones. Probably won't even. <laughs> talk about big we'll get into weird science and stuff so um, uh-huh. now uh oh, i had a question that i was going to ask you and now uh it floated right out of my brain but it's uh yeah we were just talking about the bigfoot and trying to, oh um yeah yeah to, to the point of what you're saying kind of is that i don't know if you saw this recent article but it was like uh they now think maybe humans came to north america way way earlier like than ever they had ever thought before. It's very controversial, but it's some new study from the San Diego Natural History Museum. Actually, I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I mean, and there are the the point of the point that I'd say is there are these strange studies and there are these new studies very regularly all the time. Um, and and, and, and and you know the reason I gave you those examples was because I wanted to demonstrate very clearly that there are that there is science and knowledge that's changing very rapidly. Yeah. And you know it's developing as as we go. Literally, I mean, look at the developments in, in anthropology, paleontology, um, genetics, and, and how we extract genetics that have happened within a few years. Uh, you know, I had a, a wedge of the around Pendek. I knew it had been eating um, a particular uh, rat thorn. How did I know? Because I found its prints and I saw, you know, we heard the rustling in the bushes. It was almost certainly from the orang pandek. It was, it was right on it. You know, we saw the prints yeah. um, moving away from it. So it's a reasonable assumption in those circumstances as opposed to a gifting bowl type assumption. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, if, if I, you know, and I, and I bagged that and I sent it off to Todd, this to tell, but he wasn't able to extract the DNA from the wedge. I mean, these days he probably would have been able to because we would have been able to get the saliva. This was years ago when I got this, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there is this. And also, I mean, you know, one of the things that skeptics would say, and it's important that we can consider skeptical points of view and not dismiss them, right, right. Is, 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 is say, you know, well, the, with the advent of technology, you're seeing more people, for example, with um, phones, with, with, with cameras on them. And I'd say, yeah, that's certainly true. Um, and what that means is that the most likely... So let's cut back 20 years ago when I first started looking for the Orang Pendek in Sumatra. Right. Um, it, was, it was actually, I think it was January. It would be 20 years in January wow. when, I, when I first went looking for that. Um, um, when I first went up, that, I, went up I hired a guide and went up um, Gunung Tuja. 
um, on my own with this guide looking for evidence of it. Um, so when, when I, um, but, but, you know, when I first started to try and make contact there, you know, you used to write, write letters or there was one phone in the village and, um, you know, you used to have to wait for this woman to contact Sahar who's passed away so he could, I could speak to him. These days, his children Facebook Live practically from the place. Right. <laughs> you know, where, so, so, you know, I would say, yeah, with the Orang Pandak, the most likely candidate for getting a photograph will be a farmer, a local farmer around there who sees one on his in, in one of his fields and he takes a picture of it on his camera phone, you know. Um, that wouldn't surprise me at all if that's how that goes down. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it's important to... To, 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 to understand and, and evaluate critical opinion, providing it, it, it's reasonably thought out. I mean, you made an allusion at the beginning of the piece or interview to somebody who, who was deliberately cynical and sceptical before they even analysed the information right, exactly. that you were presenting. Um, and, and what I'd say is, you know, it, you should have critical opinions. Some of the some of the researchers in cryptozoology just want to have people around them who agree with them. I'm good with people disagreeing with me. I have no problem with that at all. Yeah, well, it's one. Yeah, I mean, if I don't know something about, you know, if I think something's so crazy, I'm not going to look into it. I'll just say that's too crazy for me to look into. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't absolutely. know. I don't. I don't go out there and like, you know, make a make a big thing about it. You know. Yeah, that's fair enough. So I think more people need to uh, be like that, but you know. That's that's the world we're living in. So now you well talk about this these trips to you say you went to Roswell and outside Area Fifty One. I guess what because you're that's not even your bag, man. So why did you did that come out of the portal experience? Was that something you wanted to 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 you know was that was that inspired by the portal experience? I guess I'm saying or or is that just something because you're in the area kind of now or at least you know maybe you were in the process of moving there or whatever that you were like, hey, I'll check these out because they're kind of like big paranormal tourist destinations. Well, the Whaley House, sorry, a plane went over at the size with the first bit of your question about the Whaley House. No, no, no. Well, we, we're not on Whaley House yet. I want to talk about the the trips to Area 51 and Roswell and sort of... Oh, like, sorry, like, for Area 51 and Roswell. inspired by the portal experience? Yeah, yeah, they were. I mean, they were inspired. It was a mixture of, of, of inspiration and um, opportunity, yeah? Um, so... Um, the, 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 I had a, I had a friend come over for my wedding, Anthony, who was my best man at my wedding, mm-hmm. and um, and he um, he he wanted to go over to Vegas, and while we were there, go over to he said, you know, would you mind going to Area 51? And yeah, I was I was I was interested in I was interested in going over to Area 51, yeah, directly because of um, of my experiences of seeing these things. I thought it might give me some inspiration and help me to think about them. Yeah. And by the same token, that was exactly the reason why I went to Roswell as well. And I went to Roswell. I went to um, Area 51. When did I go there? That was May. I went to Roswell in December. <clears throat> so um, I was interested in uh, I was interested in going there to, to see if I could, if, I, if it would help my, further my understanding. Yeah. And it was good fun. Um, I mean, wh- one of the things that I like to think about when I, so when I'm in the in 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 Area 51, you, obviously you can't go into Area 51. Right, it's a right. Secret base. So you can, so, but there's an entrance where you can go nearby and you see a car parked up and then you come away. You know, unless you're yeah. an idiot. You know. Right. right. <laughs> you don't you don't go beyond the barrier, and I didn't go beyond the barrier. So um, go to that, and then there's a there's a place called the 
Little Alien Inn, which I'm sure you've heard of, in in, in Rachel, um, and and there's a little there's a little cafe thing there, and um, and we um, Anthony went off to buy some you know alien artifacts you know they sell things like yeah, mugs yeah, yeah. and you know that sort of shit, and I went to this called the bar trap. Where, it's called the tourist yeah, trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tourist trap. You buy some crap, alien crap, and, yeah. and then you move on. So he went to get some of that, and I was just sat at the... Um, and it was hot, you know. It's Nevada in May, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's hot, and we've been traveling through the desert. And um, I went to get myself a chilled can of cola, you know, cocoa, you know, from the thing. And I sit down, and this guy sits down next to me, and he's got this um, black leather jacket on and black shades, yeah? Uh, and it amused me, and I and he and I thought, and he st- and, I, and I looked at him, and I thought, oh shit, it's a weirdo or something. And he says, and he asked me where I'm from, and I says, oh, I'm from England, and all this law and everything, blah blah blah. And then he says to me, he says a couple of things, and I'm only half listening to him because I'm I'm ready to go, you know. Anthony's bought his crap by this stage, and I want to finish my coke and go. And he says to me, you better you better get back to England before. President Trump wins the election and starts a nuclear war in 2018. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 I said, all right, okay, mate. And me and me and Anthony, um, we, we're in the car driving back, and we were laughing away, going, "Hey, he's, Anthony's going, I'm going to say to the guy, I said, there's no way. I mean, what's that guy talking about? There's no, he's absolutely crazy. There's no way Trump's going to win the election." Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're laughing about it and I was like and then afterwards I thought oh shit yeah I'm laughing <laughs> now laughing. Huh? yeah laughing now still but a little bit a little bit oh yeah yeah exactly. I'm sure that I'm sure that won't happen I'm sure he was just a weirdo but I, I think it's a good anecdote I enjoyed it you know yeah yeah um, so and, and so I went to, I went to Roswell as well and uh, and had a look around there and again you know bought some bought some crap and it was interesting and you know, had a look round. It helps me think, but I don't think it brought me any closer to any answers. It was just interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've never been to Roswell. I've always wanted to check it out. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, you it's go worth it. it. The museum's yeah. interesting, you know. Oh, it's, sure. it's a big, big museum, and, you know, what you need to do is wander around it a few times. You wander around it in the first 10 or 15 minutes, and you think you've done it. Then you need to wander around it again, and then wander around it again. So wander around it a few times and just do that. Good advice. Good advice. I mm. give you that advice when you go to Lauren's museum. It's like, mm. it's like jam packed with stuff. You wanna, you wanna like make a couple rounds through there. Yeah. Although you're 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 in the museum, so it's pretty cool to. I've never been to a museum where I'm in it, so I, there are no museums of me in it. So, but maybe <laughs> maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe one. Day. Exactly. Now, now we'll talk about the Whaley House because. Mm. Uh, as I said at the beginning of the show, folks, I was out in San Diego for Paramania uh, 2. I went to L.A. for that and then uh, took a, an extra week and, and went down to San Diego to see my family down there. And uh, on my way, it was just very weird. This is funny in a sense because, like, uh, it sort of goes to sort of the weird nature of uh, the stuff we look at and stuff like that, I guess. But, you know, I'm riding around L.A. with Greg Bishop and a bunch of the guys from Paramania just bumming around on Facebook, and I see a picture of you in the Oha Mountains. I think I said mm-hmm. that right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I'm like, and it says, like, you know, something San Diego or whatever, and I'm like, what is Adam Davies doing in San Diego? So, like, I click on your mm-hmm. Facebook, and I'm like, it says you live in San Diego, and I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to San Diego, like, tomorrow. Yeah. What is this? This is so weird, and I never would have... You know, when you're on vacation, you don't have much time to surf around on Facebook. You know, no, it's a right. complete 
happenstance. I could have easily mm. gone to San Diego, come home, and then been putting together season 10, looked and been like, what the fuck? So <laughs> the, 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 the fates the fates intervened and allowed us to uh, meet up in San Diego. And then there's another weird, like, part of this story, because I was meeting Adam on Thursday. Adam was going to meet me at about 6.30 or 7 o'clock uh, with his lovely wife, Nadia. And so I, I had already done a lot of the big tourist destinations uh, in San Diego already, and so I was kind of just having a relaxing day. And we were going to meet down in Old Town, which is where the Whaley House. And I was like, well, I've done the Whaley House like twice, but that was like 10 years ago. So let's do the Whaley House again. Uh, hmm. I said to myself, we, uh, us being me. So, so I go and I do the Whaley House tour. And I text Adam and I'm like, hey, I'll, you know, I'm on the Whaley House tour. I'll be out at about 7 and I'll meet you at the restaurant, which is hmm. like, you know, a few steps down the road. And then Adam hmm. writes back, uh, I work there. I work at the Whaley House. I'm, I'm the tour guide. And I'm like, what the hell? I should have I worked it out differently and gone when you were touring. But by then, my trip was almost over, so I couldn't sort of rearrange things. But it, it was just another weird case of, like, serendipity there that it was like, holy shit. And then, you know, we went out for drinks and, uh, and talked a lot about your experience working at the Whaley House, which is this crazy hmm. – as you said, it's like one of America's most haunted houses. I try not to give mm. anyone the, I try, I try not to give any location the absolute distinction because mm. then, then you get a call from someone like in, yeah, in Biloxi yeah. who's like, yeah, come down, to, <laughs> come down to the haunted house of Hillside, motherfucker. And it's like, oh, all right, okay. My house be the most haunted house in America. <laughs> exactly. Look, I love this. An English guy doing doing a southern accent. So, yeah, I don't care now. I'm doing it because I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> So this is your last show. I'm gonna do it. There you go. So that was the kind of that was the weird couple of weird cases of serendipity. And Adam, uh, Adam works at the Whaley House, folks. So it's like I only Friday nights. I only do it okay. Friday nights. I did do it Thursday and Friday, but I only do it Friday nights now. Yeah. I guess let's just start with how you came to work at one of America's most haunted houses. How did that even like? I guess like what. What 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 sort of inspired you to do that? Well, I, you know, um, what it was was again I was I was trying to I, again you know my experiences um, a few years ago with those things opened me up to exploring a number of different fields. Yeah, as, as we've just discussed. Yeah. But again, I can't say it enough. I want to make a distinction that I haven't found any overlap between them. Yeah, they're just different interests. Right, right, right. And uh, uh, um, so. so um, I found myself in a situation where uh, I went to I went to the place um, because I'd heard about it, found it very interesting. I had a couple of friends over from England who were into that sort of thing as well, and I went with them as well. Um, and I went a few times, and, it, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed wandering around. I went in the day, and I went, went at night. And so, first of all, I volunteered a little bit as a, as a docent volunteer. And I did it a few times. I did it initially. Um, for a few days a week. Um, and then I took a sort of docent tour guide sort of test, passed that, and now I do do tours. I was doing it Thursday, Friday. It was a bit much um, worth working. So I do it just Friday nights now. Um, and I've been doing it since um, the beginning of November. And I've done it a lot. So I was in there originally in the days. Now I'm there at nights. 
used to be a couple of nights, but just recently I've dropped it down to just just for one night a week. But I've, I've done it for a long time now, um, a long time, a long time comparatively speaking. Well, it's in, interesting in, because I was asking you this question, and as you were answering it, I kind of like like slapped myself in the head in a sense where it was like, well, if I lived in San Diego, that's probably exactly what I would fucking do too. I would try to get a job at the Whaley House, and, you know, you're more than likely, you, you may, you know, you might experience something, like, you yeah, know, this is certain, you know, the old idea of, like, science, you know, repeatability, it's like, you're not necessarily yeah. in there doing scientific experiments or anything, but you're certainly mm. occupying that space on a regular mm. basis, it's like, I always, I wrote an article about the Whaley House, like, 10 years ago for the Coast to Coast mm. magazine, and I tried to talk to, like, the tour guides, because it was like, well, you guys are here more than anybody. Yeah, so yeah. you have to have the most craziest experiences. So what kind of experience? Well, I'm, I'm there, you know, what, what I'm thinking is, you know, I, on average, I've been there two days a week um, for five, four or five hours a day for seven months. So I've spent a lot of time there, you know, yeah. more than people would on a tour. More than your weekend warrior ghost hunter does at a, at a sanitarium yeah. or some shit. I mean, these are the, this is like real, this is like you're embedded into this. Into yeah, this exactly. So I wanted to do something, I, you know, you know what I'm like, if I'm going to investigate something um, uh, and I want to do it thoroughly, I'm not going to do it half-assed. Right, right. So, well, it's actually pretty so want, genius the more I think about it. So yeah, go on. Yeah, I wanted to spend some some real time there and, and, and see different experiences and understand it. So, you know, that's the way to do it. So I researched all the history about it, so I, I'm, I'm competent enough to do the tour guide thing. And, and and I think people like my tours. I mean, I got some good feedback, and you heard about that when you were there. So, yes. So, well, you're um, on Friday night, dude. That's prime time. I mean, that's, you know, yeah. that's like the one and, and, of the best spots to get. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and, 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 and I've enjoyed it. Uh, and, and, you know, strange things do go on there. It's not like... Um, you know, it's not like the Amityville House or anything horrific. It's more creepy, you know. Right, right. Um, but it is a museum, and it's not um, It's not like the Disney House either. So, in other words, there's no though, no pulleys and, and rings and stuff like that. Right, You're there right, to interpret, right. interpret what you see and feel. And, and I think, you know, you, you do have to do um, – one, one thing I'm very big on is, 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 is the element of discernment in all of this investigation. So sometimes people see and hear things they want to see in any situation, you know. Right, right. The amount of times I've been out with people wandering around and they've wanted to see a Bigfoot, so they see a freaking Bigfoot. You know what I mean? And every yeah. shadow is a freaking Bigfoot. Yeah. By the same token, if you're in the Whaley House and you want to see um, a spirit and there's plexiglass and you think, oh, well, that reflection, that's probably a ghost, you know. It's the same thing. Right, right, but exactly. By the, I, by, I, by the same token, there yeah. are things that have happened there which which I struggle to explain as not being um, something very unusual. Mm. You know, um, you know, I've seen stuff shoot out of the... I saw a white dome-like thing shoot out of the carpet once on one occasion, um, which was opaque and white, and it shot out twice for myself when I was with two, two other women. And I found that very difficult to explain. People regularly see orbs. Now, sometimes orbs can be dust particles, but they're very often blue or green, and they're not right light reflections because there's nothing just directly that, that could explain it. There's no blue or light reflection in there. Right. So what are they, you know? People often report having their hair pulled. I've seen people have their, hair, their chairs pulled away. Um, often people report the, the doll's eyes blinking, for example, and flying around the room regularly when I'm doing tour guide stuff. Do they talk about that? I had one really interesting thing which happened about four weeks ago. 
Nice. And, and I was worried. I was I was a bit worried about how this would roll because there's a guy who walks in, and he's got this bandana on. I'm not going to say what color it is. What because is with you and the bandanas, man? Huh? What is with you and the yeah, bandanas? Yeah, it's another bandana. Yeah, it's like I've got something about bandanas tonight. It's a bandana thing. But 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 this guy walks in with this bandana on. And he, and he walks in, and you know, he does this swagger, yeah, as he walks in. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's going to be a dick, you know. You, you just as he walks in, I think, oh, he's going to be a dick. So he walks in with this swagger. But, of course, you're professional. You don't say anything. And then and he's got a girlfriend who walks in behind him with this, with, 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 with um, like, very long nails. Yeah. And they sat down in the corner, and I'm doing my... I'm doing my, my, my tour and I'm talking about, about what happens. Yeah, I'm talking about the house history, blah, 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 yeah? And um, he screams, but not like, um, not like a, a man scream. It's like a little girl scream, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah. really high pitched. And I'm like, what's the matter with you, you know? And he said, well, behind you, I saw this figure that materialized, um, had some sort of top hat on, smiled, took the top hat off, and just freaking disappeared. Yeah? <laughs> and the guy then stuck to me, him and his girlfriend stuck to me like glue, you know? Yeah. Like we, like they were surgically stuck to my shoulders for the entire time as I went up the stairs and down the stairs. When the guy, I opened the door to let the guy out, you could physically see the relief. You know what I mean? He just, <gasps> yeah? yeah? And that's very hard to explain. You know, either he had the most vivid imagination ever or he was shitting himself to, 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 for some bizarre reason to, to get attention off me, which I can't think why he want, would wouldn't want to. Or he saw a ghost. So it's one of those things, but there are a number of, 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 of things that are reported there, and I find it interesting. You know, I enjoy it. It's good fun. The people there are really nice and very professional. Um, the house is extremely creepy. Um, and, it, and, it, and, you know, I'm spending a lot of time there, and it helps me completely different discipline to looking for a Yeti or a Bigfoot. Right. The two do not overlap, but um, I, find it very, I find it great fun running around the Whaley house looking for ghosties, you know? Great fun. Enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever felt anything, like, touch you or sort of like uh, any, any sort of... <laughs> Only like, you when you had a few drinks, but you told <laughs> me not to talk, so could talk about that. <laughs> you blamed it on too much beer, didn't you, or something? What was that? Oh, but, uh, have I ever felt... Have I ever felt anything touch me? No, I've not felt anything touch me. I have seen strange things there. I told you I've seen some sort of shape or apparition mm. shoot out of the carpet once. What about um, like the other tour guys? What are, what are some of their... Oh, they've, they've seen stories. I mean, I mean, several of them talk about how they've seen the figure of a woman um, and, and, and or a man. Um, wandering around, Jeez. and they've got some strange photographs. I mean, one of them has got a photograph of the, of the dolls, for example. In one of the photographs, the dolls' faces are all straight. In the other one, one of them's smiling. Oh, and it's not something she's published and looked for glory on. All right, we just she's just like showing it to us as we as we wander around. I should look at my pictures. But, I took a lot of. That's what they say on the tour. I take a lot of pictures, but I'll yeah, be honest. But, 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 I was like super. I was like that guy that. Got you were suspicious of that, but they they say take a lot. Of, they say take a lot of pictures because they genuinely want you to capture things, yeah? Right, right. Because we have a number of people who capture unusual phenomena and then send them in, yeah? And we're interested in it. So we'll, we'll, we'll look at what the pictures that they come through because we're interested to see what people have got. But, you know, I mean, what I want to say as well is, in all my years of investigation, because I think this is important, let me just, just say this before we move on in any way. So I've been investigating and doing cryptozoology and all this phenomenon for over 20 years, yeah? Mm -hmm. Okay? In my life, in my life, 
I have seen the cellular serpent, yeah, which was like 16 or 17 years ago, yeah, yeah, um, even longer, maybe 20 years ago, nearly, yeah. So, so I've seen that in Norway. I saw those things in 2014, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 so between and there was nearly 15 or 16 years went by when I didn't see anything unusual at all, even though I'm doing all this all over the world. I got close to your uncle, but I never saw it. And then I saw something strange in the Whaley house a couple, you know, a couple of years later. So I want to make the point that, you know, to see and experience things, even uh, normally of a cryptozoological and or a paranormal uh, nature, for me personally is very rare. And, I, and, 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 I'm, and I'm, I'm often very wary of people who say, well, I saw a Bigfoot in Oklahoma. And I also saw a Bigfoot in Washington. And I saw one in, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, Ohio. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, my normal reaction to that, my normal prejudice to that is bullshit, you know? Right, right. Because um, these, th- these things are very, very rare. And, you know, the experiences I've had, uh, years and years of research all over the world looking for all of these things. And I've had, you know, really three experiences, three or four experiences at most in many, many years, which I can't really explain as being um, something um, which, is, which are, are, are um, indistinct from the norm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I want to, I want to say that I don't want to, I don't want people to ever think I'm under the illusion that you know I walk down the street and a freaking elf jumps out or something. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, you know. <laughs> uh, um, so, so, so you know, it's very, 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 very unusual for, for any of these things to happen, or and or to, uh, happen generally, and to happen to me. And I spent so many years researching these things that. Yeah, but ultimately, all I went, all I ever wanted to do was see um, a bigfoot type type creature, an orang pendek or something like that, which I haven't seen yet. So I'm hoping um, I'm hoping one day I'll, I'll do it. And I and I do have a a little bit of a kid a, a, a um, sort of a, a Christmas approach and thinking, yeah, well maybe I'll see one finally this this weekend, or maybe I'll be in June when I'm on another trip, or right. you know September when I'm on this one. You know, maybe this will be the time. You know. Uh, but so I do think that a little bit. Of course I do. But you know, I, I you know what I say about the Wayne House. I, I've enjoyed it. You know, it's been great fun. I've enjoyed the people. I've enjoyed the place. I like running around looking for ghosties at night as a tour guide on a Friday night. Great fun. You know, enjoy yeah, yeah. Now, what happens at night after the tours are over? They just close it down and then it's empty all night. Like, or do people like rent it for shit in the overnight? Sometimes ghost hunt people rent it out. Yeah. Um, sometimes private tour people rent it out for a bit. But a lot of the time, it's quiet. I mean, it, it made me laugh. Be, um, a few months ago, myself and the, the hairdresser and a guy called Brett were um, were shutting it down. It was just me and him because there was very unusually a bad storm in San Diego. So there's just me and him in a storm in the Whaley House, and things uh-huh. are rattling. Yeah, and we heard this like walking, you know, like footsteps going up the stairs. There's nobody else about. I was thinking, this is such a B-movie freaking scene, you know. You've got, <laughs> we're, in the, we're in this ghost house. Yeah, the yeah, the yeah. panes, when the windows are rattling. There's a big storm. There's only two guys in it. And suddenly the ghost walks up the stairs. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it was great. I love all that shit. But, you see, there's nothing threatening there. I don't feel threatened by anything in the Whaley House. I often wander around it on my own. Yeah. And sometimes in the dark. And when I first did it, I remember when I first because I used to wear a period costume, and they said, oh, go and get changed, and it was dark, you know. I was thinking, I'm wandering around in this bloody place in the dark. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, um, yeah. but, but, but now, 
now, um, now you know, I'm personally comfortable doing that. It's been great fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, it must be cool to, uh, <coughs> like I said, to embed yourself in there. Now, we're going to wrap up the live show in a minute. We'll probably chat for like five minutes after that. You are you're, mm-hmm. you don't have a hard out or anything, right? No, no, I'm right. fine. I'm just, just pouring myself a brandy. There so I'm go. good for five minutes. I want to have a talk to you anyway. All right. Well, we're gonna keep. Uh, it's gonna keep recording when the live show ends. So don't don't say anything uh, outrageous because we gotta. Uh, I'll, I'll have to call you back after to sh- after I wrap up the show if you want to chat. Yeah, yeah, I'll sure. Uh, but thanks to the folks who joined us in the in the chat room. Uh, There's a bunch of them there: Bruce and Digger Dog and Flab Doodle and Jim and Old School Nate and a bunch of other folks uh, who uh, had some great questions and some uh, thoughtful things to say about Adam's uh, conversation here with us. And where do you uh, – now, you had a couple books. Uh, they, they're still available on Amazon if people want to check them out. Um, where are they? Well, they can go to my public Facebook page, yeah. My last one was Man Beast, a personal investigation, yes, but I have an Adam man. Davis. I have an Adam Davis public Facebook page. They can go to that, and I'll hey. do a new book next year, new book coming next year. Nice. A new book, uh, similar to the other two, sort of like recounting yeah. – updating everyone on your adventures and stuff. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, then you got to come to Boston so I can get into the book somehow. We're gonna yeah, of like, course. We're going <laughs> to get yourself in it. Something. <laughs> I'll give you a mention, I promise. There you go. Well, like I said, thanks to all those folks, and check out the uh, – check out the – check out the uh, public Facebook page. There you go. All right, so the live – the live chat's over. That was awesome, man. That was interesting stuff. I, I like I said, we're still on the air technically. We're still taping, so don't uh, yeah, don't sure. go. <laughs> don't go saying anything. No, it's cool. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, well, I, I in a sense, I want to kind of like it's kind of weird, but I almost want to apologize for having to rehash the whole portal thing because it's like, but th- that thing just captivated people. I don't understand. No, they're interested in it, you know, because yeah. it's so unusual and so bizarre. And when I when I first um. When it, when, it, when it first happened to me, I was just like, oh, this is just the worst thing ever. Yeah. But I've got more, over, over the last few years, I've got more used to it. So when me and John first started talking about it, 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 it was so unpleasant. It actually felt like physical pain almost to talk yeah. about it. It was so awful. Um, but now um, I'm, I'm, I've spent more time you, um, processing it. I'm a, I'm a lot more comfortable with it. You know, because it did feel at the time, you know, for, for two, those two nights, it felt like a battle. There's no other way to describe it. It did um, with those things, whatever they were, to stop them from coming through. And it sounds so weird. But 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 it took a long time to, to really process. But I'm okay with it now. I'm okay. I'm a lot better than I used to be anyway. Hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting in a way, too. It's like... It's just it's just such a strange experience, and for and I can yeah. kind of see why it would captivate people, especially people who listen to this show, because it's like, mm. you know, if somebody asked me, and I'm sure I've said this to people, uh, you know, it's like, I've known you for almost a decade, man, and I can't imagine mm. why the fuck you would make up a, st- a story like that. Well, there's so, no benefit to me. It's right. only have a detriment to me, you know what I mean? Why would I need to, to, to make that sort of story up? And remember, as I was saying to you, right at the time, I was working in a government job where I had security clearance. Right, right. Um, for that story to come out was um, potentially um, career damaging. Right. There was no fucking benefit for me to make, to, to, to make up a story like that. It was only detriment, yeah? I don't need the attention. I had, en- I was, I had enough shit going on that's getting attention, you know? I was doing yeah. a TV show later, wasn't I? I don't need that. So... 
Um, there's no benefit. I think people, I think, you know what, it resonates with some people because they think, oh, shit, this is actually credible. It's not some Farmer Joe right, who's exactly. sensing a UFO, yeah? Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, I, I probed his ass and then he, and then he, then he woke up in a field, you know? <laughs> um, it, 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 it's, it's much more tangible. So they probably, they probably like it because um, it, it's something that makes them chew and makes them think, yeah? Well, I, yeah, it's just very strange. The whole thing is, like, really strange. And I, I've yeah. puzzled over it myself quite a bit, you know, thinking like... Well, well, I'll spend the rest of my life thinking about it, you know. I thought, you know, you know, as I think I said to you when we met up, I thought it wouldn't get any stranger than what happened in 2012 with Brian Sykes and Laurie Simmons. I thought, well, no, you know what? This is, n- nothing I ever do in, in the future is going to get any weirder. <laughs> do you know right, what I mean? Right. Uh, and, and then, of course, that thing happened, and it was, it was the strangest thing in my whole life. And I'm glad to say um, that um, although strange things have happened to me since because of my investigation, nothing that I've I've done since has been as off the scale weird as that. Yeah. Right. So that that I hope and pray genuinely is my high watermark for <laughs> weird weird shit. I don't want anything worse than that coming along. You know. Um, so 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 um, you know. There you go. I guess what it's, you know what it's opened me up to all those new things, those new ideas. So well, that's been good. Things that sort of puzzles me in a sense, and maybe we can sort of just—I mean, I don't—I don't want to get too much into this because I feel like we're, I'm just sort of like throwing a potential, uh, you know, a spark into a gallon of gasoline or something. But like, I—I'm I, still sort of puzzled by why, like you and you and um, you and and John had this incredible experience, uh, but mm-hmm. but. Dr. Uh, Matthew Johnson, he seemed completely disinterested in it at the time. Like he, or, or you know, well, he, like wouldn't, I, I would think that this would be some riveting thing that he would, you know, that he would try and that he would stay up for or whatever. I don't understand his behavior, but his, his behavior is very irrational anyway. You've got to remember that. Um, so, so all of his behavior is irrational, um, and, and that's that's the way he rolls. I mean, he did. He did look at it briefly, and then he runs down. As I said, he ran down the right. um, the, the pathway with his forty-five, saying, "You're not welcome." And then he goes to bed, and he said, "Well, you know, I was exhausted because I've been driving them around." But we, 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 we've been. There. This was the third night. I, we'd only driven that day as far as the the town and back. Yeah, <laughs> but it was right, not. Right. It was only a few miles. Yeah, yeah. It's really puzzling to me. In a sense, yeah, no know? reason to be. You know what, and I don't know, but I don't, I don't know his mindset. But this is a guy now who says he speaks to something called Zorf, um, a Bigfoot, and he's got magical healing powers, and Bigfoot's a shape-shifting alien. So I don't think I'm ever going to understand that rational mind. But, but I don't really want to, Tim. Right, you know? right, exactly. I, I, I want to keep him distinct from it, because I think um, he's built his part a lot um, in this. He's really a small player in the whole thing. It was really what happened to me and John over the two nights. And I think Johnson's tried very hard to make it his story and his account when really he's a very small part of it. Now, how was, now John joined us for the initial conversation. How's he been doing since all this went down? Well, I, I, you know, I think it's, it would, if he were here, I think he would say it, it caused him a lot of pain and it really upset him and screwed him up. Yeah. I think he's better dealing with it now than, than he was. Um, but, you know, point I wanted to get across to you that, that when we talked about that was it was um it's very difficult to to, to really to, to to 
get people to other people to properly understand, you know? Yeah. Um, because I think they struggle with it. They struggle with that notion. They struggle with the idea of, of it. And even family and friends it's, it, who care about you, it's very difficult for them to, to appreciate. And, you know, um, it, it, it's been a hard thing to, to, to deal with. I feel okay about it now, but, you know, for a while I really didn't feel okay about it. Yeah. Um, I, uh, and I think John felt even less okay about it. I can imagine. Well, I guess in a sense it's good that you guys were there together when it happened because you at least had someone to... Yeah, it would have been awful if, if we'd been on our own, I think. Oh, yeah. And it would have been very hard to stay awake. It was made it a lot easier that we were able to keep one another awake for those two nights. Um, you know, um, I wouldn't have liked to have been awake on my own battling those things. It was a good good that John was there to help me fight them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as yeah. weird as that sounds, yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's like I said. I mean, if I hadn't known you, I probably would have been like, "That's crazy." But it's like, like I said, why Adam spoke? I don't see why the fuck. There's no, know. there's no benefit to me to to make up some account like that, you know. It's only to my. It was only ever, um, in the short term, going to be to my detriment. I think so. Right. You know, and I'm and I and I don't. I'm I'm not trying to evangelize about my experiences or whatever else. I don't give a shit whether other people believe it, and they can think what they like. <laughs> you know. But, but if you're asking me, you know, at the time I felt like I had to talk about it for all the reasons we went through on the last show, and I have talked about it. So um, so that's what happened, and, they, and there you go. And yeah. uh, people can take it or leave it. There you go. And just for the record, uh, Joshua Cutchin was asking me, we talked about this over dinner, but you, he, he's like a paranormal smell enthusiast, which is, I'm sure, yeah. a great, great way he'll be happy I dubbed him that. But he, he, he wrote mm. a book on sort of paranormal smells, and he was wondering mm. – uh, if you have you detected any sort of intriguing smell during the entire experience? No, and I didn't. You know, I never smelled anything um, of any nature. And I have, you know, I, I know what he means about paranormal smells because at the Whaley House, um, a number of people report smelling cigar smoke when there's no cigar um, around. Yeah, and I did the other week. Me and Brett were on the porch and we smelled cigar smoke, and nobody was around smoke, smoking a cigar. And, 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 you know, people say, well, that could be um, Thomas Whaley going out and smoking a cigar. So I know exactly what he means. Yeah. Uh, but I can say, you know, that um, in, in, in that place in Seoul, there was never any, um, there was never any, any smell. I never smelled anything. I mean, we were smoking cigars, me and John, so my sense of smell wasn't that great. But, but that said, I never smelled anything. That's important. I state that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, all right, man. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up here because we could we could talk for a little while longer. But uh, yeah, sorry. Well, well, what we'll do is what I'll do is I'll, I'll speak to you in the next couple of weeks, yeah, because um, I'm conscious it's ten past nine, and I know Nadia will want me to hang out with her. So I'll, yeah, I'll, exactly. I'll talk to you about the other stuff in the next in the next couple of weeks, yeah. So we'll yeah, do we'll that, have yeah? a good time on your on your trip this weekend. Good luck. I hope you do. Yeah, yeah. Right. We'll see what happens. And uh, now maybe maybe this will be the weekend. He said for the thousandth time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm pulling for you, and I know the listeners are pulling for you, so it's... Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll try my yeah. best, you know? Yeah, and if you come back and you're like, if something crazy happens, you know, let me <laughs> let me know. We'll bring you... I'll tell you, you know, if something yeah, we'll crazy happens, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what happened. I'll, 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 I'll promise I'll tell you, but it's been... Uh, I've really enjoyed this show. I hope you, I hope you are going to come back and do... Oh, all, yeah, all dude, things. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not, you know... Good. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just sort of like wrapping up the way we've been doing the show all these years in, in the seasonal format, and... uh 
you know, we'll we'll come back bigger and better and brighter than ever with some kind of new twist on things to keep it fresh, you know. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Good. I can't thank you enough for being such an important part of this show over all these years. I mean, you you broke a lot of stories for us uh, on mm. All of America. Uh, I gave you the exclusives, didn't I, over the years? Yeah, okay. you really did, man. You really did. Uh, the Dr. Sykes thing and 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 um, and the Bigfoot portal. And and you know that one like the I the orang pendex stuff when that first came out yeah. evidence yeah all that yeah yeah and the orang pendex stuff so I mean mm-hmm. I can't I can't thank you enough for being such a such a loyal friend and and such a, a critical part of this show over all these years and I, I you know listen yeah, man it's been my we, this isn't like I have this isn't like I have to go into studio somewhere so if something ever happens we can you know just we can always we can do, do it again yeah. yeah exactly so yeah. Not, that's why people, you know, when people are like, oh, you know, it's like, dude, I'm not going anywhere, man. I, I'm having so much fun doing this season already that it's like, you know, who knows what's going to happen next. But it's kind of reinvigorated me. And uh, and tonight's conversation was awesome. So thank you very much, my friend. Well, my pleasure, mate. All right. I'll speak to you soon. All right. Have a good night, my friend. And you. See you later. Good night. Bye. There you go, folks. That was Adam Davies. Amazing stuff. Bigfoot portal. If you're still calling, if you, if, like that's our test now. If you see someone calling it a Bigfoot portal and talking out of their ass, you know they don't know anything about this story. Um, you know, two years later, I'm still flummoxed by it. I don't know what the hell to make of it. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. I wish I was in the experience, and then I, I'm also glad I wasn't. So it's a very, very, very strange story. Um, and like I said earlier, if it didn't come from Adam Davies, I'd be like, you're fucking crazy. But uh, you know, I've known Adam all these years. I've met Adam. He seems as legit as anyone I can even vouch for. So he's he's on the up and up. So I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say about the Bigfoot portal. Um, I guess that's about it. So thanks. Oh, I want to mention a couple of birthdays. My buddy Zach Copley last night. Happy birthday, Zach Copley. And the illustrious Steve Ray, whose birthday is today, turning 39. Uh, happy birthday to those guys. Want to make a sad mention? Probably won't mean anything to anybody uh, listening, but my dear neighbor Sharon Sutter passed away uh, earlier this week, and she was uh, a dear, dear. Uh, well, it was last week, I guess. Now, yeah, it's Tuesday. But a dear friend of uh, my family, I've known her for years and years and years, and just uh, a true character and a wonderful human being. And uh, we're gonna miss her a lot. So, uh, yeah, like I said, probably won't mean much to. Anybody out there listening, but it meant a lot to me, and, um, you know, I'm going to miss Sherry a lot, and uh, my thoughts and prayers and heart goes out to her family, so. And uh, we'll pivot from that sad note to uh, some uplifting, happy, fun news, and that is next week's edition of the program. Marie Jones returns to the show for her seasonal appearance on BOA Audio. I was looking, when I was looking up Adam's, debut here on the program i was checking to see when marie marie's been on since season three which is absolutely amazing so she's been on even longer than adam because i think adam came on in season four so that's pretty pretty crazy stuff and she'll be on the show next tuesday night 8 p.m eastern times we're going to go a little bit earlier in the evening 8 p.m eastern time tuesday may 30th day after memorial day uh that'll be marie jones She's been up to all kinds of stuff. She's had a whole bunch of books in the last uh, couple of years since we talked to her, and she's got a lot of projects she's working on. We're going to get into all that and 
I'm certain, based on my conversations with Marie in the past, we're going to have a lot of laughs. So that is next Tuesday, May 30th at 8 p.m. Uh, check out Banal of America and Banal of America on Facebook for all the linkage. And on that note, we're going to call it a night. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Until next time, this is Tim Banal.